This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Start recording. Obviously. <laughs> Alrighty there. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you decide to listen to this top 10, hopefully you're just listening to the top 10. And this is the top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia. I have with me, of course, my amazing co-host, Brittany. How are you doing today, Brittany? I'm doing great. Um, Normally, you know how we always start out with the cats. I guess the cats' love was a little overpowering this time. <laughs> I was the one running from the cats this time. You were the run, run, one running from the cats this time. Yeah, the cats can be certainly um, a little too much sometimes. I feel like they want to show how much they love you, but it's like it's a bit too much. It's a bit too much. But um, – I'm happy that we are here today doing this podcast. Um, Brittany and I were talking about how American Gods Season 3 just premiered. um, Well, we're recording this on Sunday, so it's premiering today. But by the time it comes out, it'll have been out for a few days. But, um, yeah, so I have that playing in the background. And it's like that's such a great thing, right? Like, we love this show, and I think that the episodes I was able to see before the premiere are great, right? But the top ten that we're doing this morning is not so great because the top ten that we're doing is the top ten worst movie sequels. Um, Sometimes a movie does not warrant a sequel. I felt like there was a lot of options here, Brittany. Did you? Yeah, I definitely did. Like, I was sitting there, and even when I got, like, stumped, because sometimes when you try to, like, Google, and you're like, I don't know these movies, and I remember I looked at Aaron and said, uh, what's a bad sequel? And he started naming off a few. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I, I'm i being too, like, stuck in one, like, facet, and then suddenly my, it was like my brain opened, and I was like, oh, no. I, I forgot about all of these. That happened to me yesterday. I decided to look, and, of course, all these websites had their different um, articles and different lists, and I swear I haven't watched, like, any of the ones that they were at least pointing out, and I sat there and said, well, that's why, because I already knew that they were going to be crap. (laughs) Like, there's something that I sat there, and I was like, did you expect any different, you know, like, uh, some of them, which is not on my list, I hope it's not on your list, like, some of the, uh, the parody type movies, where they're like, all the other ones were awful, and I was like, I thought the point of them was to be awful. Well, I mean, it's like, so, I don't know if this is on your list or anything, but I don't think it warranted a sequel, or maybe it did do a sequel, and I don't know about, but just an example, right, like, Not another teen movie is obviously supposed to be a parody, and it's, like, great as is. But I feel like if you did a sequel to that, then it's, like, it loses that spark because the whole point of the movie is supposed to be parodying the fact that there's a million fucking teen movies out there. So by you giving it a sequel, you're kind of, like, taking away from the whole point of it. 
I can see it with, like, a movie like that because there is, like, just a set amount of tropes with that. But I think the reason why I liked, like, the scary movie ones was it's because they focus on, like, a different facet of, like, silly horror shit. Like, you know, like, oh, one was Scream, one was, like, Jigsaw, one was, like, uh, Poltergeist, I think. They did um, all of those sort of paranormal activity sort of things eventually. Thank you. Yeah, I liked the first two scary movies, but then I thought they got really dumb. And I know that's such a, like, it's not an eloquent... Huh? I haven't seen the most recent ones, but I'm saying those actors are being fed off of that series, like the ones that they have in times. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, and I haven't seen the recent ones really either, but, like... I saw the first two, and then I think I saw the third, and I want to say I even saw the fourth, and I just said that it got, like, really silly after a while. But that's just my opinion here. I just like my guilty pleasure movies, and also... Uh, <laughs> I don't take that away from you. <laughs> I also like, before we continue on, uh, there's a, this game called Phasmophobia, right? And it's where you play as a ghost hunter, and oh. you play with four people, and you go into these homes and try to identify what the ghost is. But the thing is, is that it can always hear you, even when, like, you don't have your mic, like, say, like, pressing a button to talk to your other people, it constantly hears you, and if you, and it it has, like, vocal cues, like, so if you say, like, the ghost's name, it'll start getting really mad, or hunch you, or, you know, look at you and stuff, and we played with a new guy, and I felt so bad because I felt like I was, like, channeling my goofy, scary movie. But I ended up having a voice changer mod that made me sound like Jigsaw. And at some point, the dude that was new to it and hadn't played, I said, I was like, get out of here, like, in Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. Voice. And he goes, you know what? You don't have to tell me again. I'm out of here. And he, like, actually left. Oh, my God. I was thinking about you this morning because we watched this program from Vice about um, the original Game Boy system and just how it was essentially came to be and its cultural sort of um, impact and all that. I just thought it was, like, really cool. And I sit there and I think to myself, like, if I – like, I feel like I would have been a gamer with games back then because – I was a gamer when I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had the Game Boys. I loved my Nintendos. I loved, loved, loved the PS2. I spent way too many hours playing video games. So it's like, it's not like I never was a gamer. It's like if Twitch and shit existed back then, I'd be, like, on my shit. like the kind of streamer you would be and kind of like your facet would probably be like retro games because that is kind of detail because yeah games are great right now because oh you get these really in-depth stories or the graphics or you know they put into this or that but the nice thing about retro games is that they had a great story because they had they didn't have much to work with so they almost had to tell like a really good story without a lot but also 
everything was a little more simplified. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's like it was very straightforward on what you could do. There wasn't, like, all the bells and whistles. Like, you could just play the game. Because now, like, especially with streaming, if the world is too big, like, say, Skyrim's great to play just by yourself. But, like, when I'm playing, like, say, like, streaming, I'm like, oh, my God, there's too much. There's too much, like like noise like i need something that's kind of like goes in a straight path and i think that's probably the reason you like more of those kind of games anyways i think so too and i think that was just kind of like the spark of it um maybe because they not necessarily were new by the time i was a teenager but in its like creative stage um, I mean, this is going to be like a hot take, but does anyone really enjoy gaming anymore? Like, or is it just something that people like do because it's something being like fed to them? I, I know that's like an extremely hot take and all that. And I even saying that's like, yes, I, I know. What'd you say? That a nuclear take. A nuclear take. No, I obviously know people enjoy gaming. My point is like, I think that people get too too used to good graphics and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm just saying that to me from my like outside perspective, I'm like gaming was just like cooler back then. Sorry. <laughs> like like with tech boy and stuff, like as you know, as we're talking about American gods and all that good stuff. It's like uh, it's almost like I think I think people still enjoy gaming as much as always but the thing is is i think we've been a little spoiled the thing so like yes you want a full finished game and back then you would get a full finished game even though there were bugs there wasn't like updates there wasn't like as much internet connection as there was then so it's like you had to give like a probably like a fully finished game even if there was some bugs but there wasn't a good way to just update these systems because the n64 couldn't connect to the internet you know, I don't believe the original Xbox could. Wait, could the original? Maybe the original Xbox could connect to the internet. I'm not sure, but I don't think there was a lot that couldn't. There wasn't like PlayStation Store or an Xbox Store and all of these, so you had to give a fully finished game. But it does seem like now, when you're buying a game, it's kind of like, oh, they kind of messed up this one little thing, and now the game is worthless, and I hate it. You know what I mean? Like, well, it, it's titled on some aspects. Well, and another thing is, and then again, this is like another nuclear take, but when I was, say, younger, it's like you played it and you enjoyed it. And if you played with others, you got, like, really happy doing it, right? But you see so many times, like, Twitch streamers who, like, literally destroy their TVs or punch holes through walls or freaking, you know, start cursing up and, like, throw temper tantrums and, like, leave and everything. And I'm like, that just doesn't look fun. Like, what's really fun about that? So, I don't know. That's a nuclear take and obviously, like, no shade to gamers or anything like that you guys are my people like don't worry they're just thoughts that are coming to mind no i i, I feel you i i have a friend who uh he has uh, a computer desk right and he made sure it's like solid wood it's not like particle board does i mean it's like a solid like you can't break it with your hands desk because he gets so mad in video games he'll slam his fist down and like like I think he's broken a desk that way before, and so he knew he had to get like a hard desk that wouldn't break. And uh, I had to side eye Aaron a little bit on that one because uh, 
he gets a little salty with video games. I don't know if Polly's the same way or not. No, not really. Like, the only reason why maybe he, like, gets frustrated is when the controller fucking bugs out. Because for a while, we were buying um, the bootleg controllers as opposed to, like, the real PlayStation 4 controllers. And so, obviously, when they come from online and they're only, like, $20 and they're made from some, like, unknown fucking company as opposed to, like, the actual PlayStation, they have bugs to them. Hmm? Like a third-party controller, which by yeah, the way, like where you, uh, where you like fully know that it's not from PlayStation because you look and like the buttons don't look the same and all that. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the New York translation of this. Uh, he was mad tripping over that he controller. Was... <laughs> he was tight. Tia's <laughs> <laughs> been showing me this TikToks of like uh, New Yorker translations for words and. Uh, now I'm, and, and I, I'm enlightened. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. But let's get into our actual top 10 this week. Again, we are doing the top 10 worst movie sequels. And so I thought about this, right? Like a sequel is just like a sequel, right? So it doesn't necessarily need to be like the second in the, you know, franchise. Like, it could be the third, it could be the fourth, whatever. Like, a sequel is a sequel. So I was thinking about that yesterday. I was like, I hope I, um, like, uh, said that correctly. Um, but, yeah, so that's my thing. Before we get into it, Brittany, really quick, of course, you know I always got to give a shout-out to our homies over at Stranger Damies, who are the um, part of the main Damie network. They are a real play D&D podcast, and they stream every Wednesday. They're so awesome. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of D&D, right? So I listen to their other podcast called They Call This a Movie, but they're three awesome guys, and they love what they do at D&D. I know it's super huge, so you can find them when you go to Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Make sure you check them out. They're part of our network as well at Geek Fives Nation, so you can just give them some love. They're awesome people. Anthony, Dan, and Mark are just great, so make sure you check that out. Um, and Brittany... Let's get into this. What's your number 10? I was going to say on just that little side note, the main Damie followed me while I was uh, streaming, and I got so excited. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I love y'all. And then I, they were off into the wind, but it was a very, uh, it was a beautiful oh, I moment. Get, I like fangirl. Yesterday, um, Dan reached out to me and was like, hey, Tia. Do you on Tuesday want to be a part of our show? They call this a movie. We're going to talk about Wonder Woman 84. And I was like, I feel as if, like, I don't know, fucking Deadline just asked me to come work for them or something. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. I felt so, like, cool. So I was like, yeah. So I'm going to be um, part of their episode where we talk about Wonder Woman 84. And if you know anything about their show, they call this movie. It's a podcast where they, like, rip apart movies. So we're going to be ripping apart Wonder Woman 84. I love it. I I, st- I still need to see that movie. But uh, on, as for the number ten, do you remember the movie, The Mask? Yes. Oh, are you going to do the Son of the Mask? Yes. I'm sorry if it was on your list. It wasn't. No, no, no. Go ahead. 
I think this is like the original mask. Uh, yeah, is it the mask? Yeah, it's the mask. I keep saying the like the phrasing is odd for me, but that was really good. That was a Jim Carrey. If I'm I'm correct on that, right? That was like in his heyday. I felt like some of his best movies came out in the nineties. And that was one uh, of his most iconic roles was the mask. Right. I, he just has such good facial features for it. Like, I felt like even when he was wearing the mask, you could tell it was him. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, it's like it came out in 1994. So I'm sure it was like my uh, my brother probably had the movie or my parents had the movie. And I remember I was just so fascinated with it. And I remember it's like, and you know how much I love my memo. I remember rewatching that movie a million times at her house and just being so it was so funny. And then I got so excited one day because I believe uh, Son of the Mask, I believe, came out 2005, which I was like, oh, that's the other day. And then I go, oh, yeah, that was like, what, 16 years ago now? Oh, my God. Really quick before you keep going with that. So Brittany knows that I have been submersed in the world of TikTok. Uh, which I never thought I was going to ever, but I'm telling you, like, the algorithm is pretty cool once you get into it. Dom, one of our managers over at Geek Vibe, said something that I think the algorithm is if you watch, like, three TikToks that are within the same category, it kind of, like, goes into that that's what you like, and it starts showing you more of those things. So I'm telling you, I have not seen any of, like, the dumb dances or anything on TikTok. I've been been on such cool TikToks, the Norse pagan TikTok, the Native American indigenous TikTok, the freaking heavy metal TikTok, and the millennial versus Gen Zer TikTok. Um, and on one of the TikToks that I've seen has been this guy who is like, hey, just let you know, all these songs I'm about to play are like 20 years old. And he's playing all these like iconic songs. Like you would know all of them, just classic yeah. like pop songs. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, they came out in the 90s, these songs? And then I sat there and I was like, he means in 2000 they came out. <laughs> he means in oh, 2001 no. they came out. Like, I had to sit there where I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I think this is wrong. These songs definitely didn't come out in the 90s. And I was like, it was one of those things where, like, it was like, what? It's <laughs> like I saw, uh, I saw a TikTok where this guy is, like, uh, it was just, like, a skit of him, like, going through the um, drive through for alcohol, right? Because, uh, you know, that's become a big thing now. I'm just being able to drive through it. And they're like, oh, we need to see your license. And he's like, oh, do I need to take out my wallet? And they said, no. They said, no, it's okay. I can see the one. And he was like, what? It was because the one of, like, the 19-something, because uh, everyone born in 2000 is going to be a freaking, uh, is going to be able to legally drink now. I saw something like that where it's like, um, as of this year, like, everyone who's born in the 90s is, like, um, you know, what you call it, is legally allowed to drink. And it's like, I'm not ready for that type of information. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I could have gone my entire life. Like, that's just, like, I know, like, it's my little brother's uh, birthday this month, and I'm like, oh, no, you're just, you're going to be 18. Like, I feel old. I feel really old now. Like, you're supposed to be my baby brother, like, baby brother. I love that TikTok, though, that you're saying, where it's like, oh, do you need me to take it out? I'm like, no, I can see the one from here, and it's like, and and I think that's the one where it's like the, oh, no, 
Oh no! Oh no! 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 no. <laughs> oh my god! The other oh. day. I forget where I was the other day. I mean, it had to have been a liquor store, but someone like asked for my ID, and I was just kind of like, "Oh, you want to ask me for my?" ID? <laughs> and the girl kind of looked, and and the girl kind of looked shocked when she looked at my photo. She's like, "Oh, like obviously seeing that I'm fucking 30. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, yes, please stoke my ego. But, you know, um, that reminds me of when we were, uh, when I visited, visited you in New York and that lady asked, like, for my ID and she was so sure it was fake and then she asked how old I was and my brain skipped because I was nervous and I couldn't remember how old I was. I just looked suspicious as hell. I, um, you know what the thing is? It's like I never cared about turning 30, right? Because I was like, that's still young. Like, in the retrospect of things, it's still young, right? And I don't no. feel old. Like, I'm sitting here watching, like, comic book shit and doing this. Like, I don't feel old. But it's like when you're online and you see, like, this plethora of, like, Gen Zers who are, like, you know, don't know the music that you grew up with, don't know anything where you're like, my God, now I feel old in comparison. I'm like, you know, just a few years ago, millennials were like the young people in in workspaces, right? Like when I was working office jobs and I was always the youngest and it was always the older generation that would talk about, you know, oh God, the millennials, the millennials, the millennials. And then suddenly you're like, so you're like, oh, you know, you're the young kids on the block. And then suddenly you're like, who the fuck are these people in reference to the Gen Zers? And I'm like, no, 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 you go back, you go back. I'm still the young person on the block. <laughs> you're right. you're like, that's like my, my thing right now. It's like uh, being at the age I am now, and also, but also looking like a child is an awkward place to be because I look young enough to not like command the respect of like a young adult, right? But also, I'm not young enough to get away with shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what it is. You're like, shit, you're getting past the age where you can like blame it on, well, I'm just young. I'm um, just I don't young. know you better. <laughs> it's like, fuck. I, I'm just a child. But, uh, <laughs> But sorry, going back to the movie, I apologize. Um, Uh, The mask was amazing, right? But Son of the Mask, or was it Son of Mask or Son of the Mask? I gotta think of how to, like, phrase it. That's how long it's been. Either way, my my grandma, I remember I was at her house when it, oh, Son of the Mask. I was at her house when it actually came on, and I was like, oh, I'm so excited. You know, it must be, like, a continuation of, like, him having a kid. And it's like, no, it's like, I don't know, you got Loki in there. You have, like, oh, that he created the mask, which kind of makes sense. But it's like that he created the mask, which I think that might have been the plot line of the other one. I'm not sure. He created it. He's trying to get it back. He just wants to cause shit. It's not a little child. Like, my thing is the acting for the mask. It's like you had Jim Carrey, you know, dealing with having to put on the mask. But I feel like having, like, a child put on the mask, it kind of took away where it's like you, they almost had, like, a reason to just CGI everything. Because you can't have, like, a child, you know, acting in between those two frames it becomes just like 
an outlet to just have the mask on. I just felt like it was super unnecessary. If they were going to do a sequel, I felt like they should have kept Jim Carrey for it. But you know it probably didn't have, like, a good enough plot when he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do the sequel. I'm just going to leave it at just that. Especially because it came, like, what, nine years after the original one. I feel like if you're going to do a sequel, it truly needs to be done in, like, the next couple of years while it's still fresh on people's minds, not, like, almost a decade later. Well, it feels like it's then just a cash grab. And so I was like, and I remember why I didn't, like, Son of the Mask, which it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, Jamie Kennedy was, um, what you know calls it, was uh, the lead in this movie, right? And I feel, I, I'm saying this on air, and I feel bad because I did actually interview the guy in the beginning of, like, the pandemic, but I never found his humor funny. Um and so you have him being the comedic lead for the sequel, trying to follow up on what Jim Carrey did. It's just kind of not, it's not going to hit the way that Jim Carrey's did. Yeah, their type of humor is you know, not the same at all. And I think for Jim, I think when you have a comedian that's probably more of a, like a vocal comedian, when you have Jim Carrey that it's like a true, like, full body actor. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever, like, there was an actor uh, back in the early 1900s that uh, was known for his antics, like, on screen because he would use his body to get laughs, and he would be, like, bruised and broken from, like, throwing his body around, like, really getting into things, like, that hard. And I feel like Jim Carrey's that kind of actor, while you, there's only so much that just humor can well, get you having, like, the face for it. That's like, um... Oh my, Chris Farley. Chris Farley was very much a physical comedian. I mean, he threw himself into things. I don't know if you've seen, like, his clips on SNL, but he, like, fully, like, face-planted himself onto tables and everything. I mean, he, that, that was his thing. He put himself, like, fully into that. And I think it's probably more shocking for us as a viewer because we go, man, that's going to hurt. Oh, you know, he's real, like, like, it's more believable, but I think for having, like, an actor that is, you know, and I, I don't think I've heard a lot of his stuff, and it's been a long time since I've seen, the, you know, Son of the Mask. I just knew that I was like, man, this is an awful sequel. Because, like, now I want to rewatch The Mask, by the way. i got to find where I can go, like, stream <laughs> that. I like how now it's not like, oh, where I can rent it, where I can do this. Like, oh, where can I stream that? See, but, this is uh, another reason why us 90 kids are the best, because we remember Blockbuster. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, uh, whenever I go to, uh, whenever we were camping or going to the lake house, there's a little video rental shop that's still open, and it makes me so happy. Well, I want to go. That'd be fun. Speaking of, that's featured in American Gods Season 3. They actually have a rental shop, so really cool. Um, but oh, <laughs> Let, let's move on. That's a great way to start this list, truly, because that was a pretty bad fucking sequel. Um, but the sequel that I'm going to do, I'm going to say that I don't say think it's like – I didn't hate the sequel, but I think it was unnecessary and really disappointing in conjunction to the first movie and the series that preceded it. And it's going to be the second Sex in the City movie. 
Now, Brittany knows, and I'm sure Brittany knows, and I'm sure I've, like, said this on the podcast as well. Like, I love Sex and the City. I think it was a great show. I can eat that shit up. I feel like so much of it is fucking true. Like, everything that you see, you're like, yep, as a woman, you watch it, and you're like, every single thing you can, like, somehow relate to. Even if it, say, didn't happen directly to you, it's happened to someone that you know, a friend of yours. I just feel like I loved it. It had six seasons. I literally own the DVD to every season. I can um, I can, I can tell you for them. It's been a while now, but, like, in my heyday, I could tell you, like, you know, if you told me a scene, I'd tell you what season that fucking thing was in. Like, I loved it. And... I love the first movie. First movie, you know, was just a perfect little compliment to the season. It showed us what happened after the season ended. It, you know, just really felt like the actual it felt like such a great continuation of the story and it felt like a really great punk uh like period to the story of the whole Sexist City. Like, I thought they should have ended it there. We have a great six seasons. We have this movie to tell you kind of where everything's at, and that's it. And then they came out with the second one, and it really just felt like as if it um, just, uh, you know the expression, it, it jumped the ship or jumped the shark or something? Um, like, that's how I felt like it was because – it felt like it went back on so many things, right? So, like, to give you a few points here that for I didn't drama, like. For drama's sake. I'll give you a few points of what I didn't like about the mo- about the movie, right? So, in the actual Sex and City, it takes place of the four women, but um, the main character is, is obviously Carrie. And the whole entire show, she has this on-again, off-again relationship with Mr. Big, which finally at the end of the series, she gets together with Mr. Big. And then the first movie takes place five years later um, with them having been together for those five years. They're going to get married. Mr. Big kind of has cold feet because he's always been like a non-committal type. And then, you know, you have the drama of the first movie, but then they get back together, they get married and like that's it you know um and so then in the second movie you have where like they're together still mr big and carrie and it's in this movie that carrie is like having the existential crisis because they're because they're both like older right i think at this point maybe carrie's like in her 50s and mr big was always a little older than her i think by like 10 years or so And, you know, they decided not to have children, which is great. Like, you know how much I support that. But it's like Mr. Big at this point is, like, older, and he's like, you know, we've been together. Like, we can have, you know, days where we stay in. But Carrie is like, what do you mean we're not going to go out to dinner? You know, like, all of a sudden she's, like, getting this, like, stir-crazy feeling where she feels like her and Mr. Big are boring. And it's like with the – But it's like, Kara, this is what you've wanted, like, your whole life. Like, the whole show with you and Mr. Big, you always wanted where he would actually commit to you and actually, you know, do this and stuff. And now he's finally committing to you, and now suddenly you're like, oh, we're too boring, right? So you have that, which I didn't like. Then you have Charlotte and Harry, which Charlotte also has – I know I'm, like, going – I'm trying to, like, really give, like, the short reasons why I dislike this, you know? 
But in the show, like, Charlotte was always, like, whereas everyone else is, like, really pragmatic and kind of pessimist and blah, 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 like, Charlotte was always the one who's, like, I want to get married, I want to have a family, like, I want to get married, I want to have a family. Like, she got married super quick to her first husband, Trey, because she was, like, you know, I want to get married, I want to have kids, and, like, that fucking relationship fell apart like nobody's business. And then she gets with Harry, who's, like, the complete opposite of the type of man who she would ever be with, but he makes her so happy, and she even, like, you know, converts to Judaism for him, and, like, Harry's, like, the best guy, right? Like, Harry is one of the guys in the show, like, him and Steve, I felt like, were just, like, top-notch, the best, right? So then in the second movie, it's, like, him and Charlotte have children after trying for so many years, and Charlotte not being able to have children, blah, blah, blah. And they're together, and then suddenly Charlotte's like, I think Harry um, might be cheating on me. And it's like, what? Where did this come from? You know, and the whole thing came from that they have a babysitter who wears a shirt, and she doesn't wear a bra, so her, like, nipples are always showing. You know, but it's okay, because at the, the end of the movie, she's gay. So, you know, no, nothing to worry about. You know, it's just so, like, flippant. But this is my number one thing that I disliked about the movie. Um, In the movie, uh, Samantha, who has always been, like, a PR person and very successful, she gets invited to go to Dubai um, by someone in business, right? So the four of them go to Dubai, and it's, like, kind of a fucking clusterfuck, right? Because Samantha is, um, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, what is it? She's going through like menopause and she's like a cancer survivor and so she has like all this medication but it got lost in the airport so it's like her the whole movie like stressful that's just that's like not like fun stress that's like oh i hope this person doesn't die kind of stress yeah you know so it's like her dealing with that the entire time whatever and then this this and that you know blah blah blah. but then okay this is the most unreal i swear i'm getting to like the fucking point right to me this is the most unrealistic thing so some background for you Brittany. at some point like if you ask most sex in the city fans they love carrie and mr big but they'll also tell you that her most perfect relationship was with her and Aiden because Aiden was just great. She was with Aiden for like a whole season or two in the middle of the series. And Aiden was like, so the opposite of Mr. Big Aiden wanted Carrie to meet his parents. Aiden wanted her to sleep over, you know, Aiden was okay with going to lunches in public things that like at first, Mr. Big did not want to do. Right. So, Aiden was just great, and so she was in this, like, really loving relationship with a guy who, like, so unapologetically, like, loved her, and and then suddenly, like, Mr. Big shows up, and she starts cheating on Aiden with Mr. Big, and, yeah, and so that eventually comes to light for Aiden. They break up. They have, like, a brief moment where they get back together, so it doesn't, like, work because... Aiden, like, proposes, and, like, Carrie has, like, a fucking shit attack over it. But anyway, so, mind you, this is the whole thing. And then, so, we do know at some point at the end of the series, she runs into Aiden again. At this point, Aiden is married and has kids, all right? So, there, that's where we're at. And this, I swear I'm getting to this. (laughs) 
In the second uh, movie, when Sex in the City comes up, Tia's going to be like a hot second. But there's so much background. I can't just tell you what happened. I have to give you all this background. So in the second movie, mind you, they're in Dubai, right? On the opposite end of the world. They're in like a market. And all of a sudden, Carrie turns around and there's Aiden. Magically. Across, stopping her. Across like the fucking world. He's magically in... Dubai for some bullshit reason and yada yada long story short they end up having dinner and Carrie ends up feeling like super you know um like oh this is so exciting again blah 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 and like they end up making out and all that but then Carrie feels really bad and then you I forget if like Aiden says something but you kind of have a feeling that like Aiden was kind of doing it on purpose because it's like even after all these years where it's like hey, remember you cheated on me with Mr. Big? Now you're with Mr. Big, and I'm going to have you cheat on him with me. You know, like, I felt like that's what it was. It was just so dumb. It It really was like... Well, the character himself isn't probably known for being malicious like that. Like, Aiden's like... Aiden was like the great guy. Like, again, you ask any Sex and the City fan, and they'll tell you, you know, realistically, Carrie should have been with Aiden over Mr. Big. It, that begs the question: Was was he still married to his wife and yes. with the kids? Yes. Yeah, I was, that doesn't even make sense. Like, oh, I'm gonna get revenge by cheating on my wife with you, so that you're cheating on your husband. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So the whole there was so much about it that didn't make sense. I disliked it. It felt, and there were times where it felt like really campy because they tried to they tried to make like um uh light of a lot of things um like i'll tell you that they tried to like it's something that in today's day i feel like wouldn't fly so you like have these four women right and they're in dubai and there's moments where um you know uh they they deal with like some issues where say like Samantha's wearing shorts in public and she's being told like, Hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't wear that in public in this country. Right. And she's being very defiant against it. And they're like trying to make like a joke about it. And it doesn't work because it comes off like culturally insensitive. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. yeah, No, I get you. It's like, I, I think it's like, it comes off more disrespectful than actually, like, oh, making a statement. Because even though it's, like, applying Western ideals to a place that is not, you know, America. Right. Yeah, and, like, there's one scene where um, they're pretty much being harassed by men in the market, and this one woman who is wearing, I believe, and this is just me not knowing, but I believe she's wearing, say, a burqa, And she, like, gets the four women and gets them to go into this, like, underground hiding place with all these other women who are either wearing hijabs or they're wearing burqas. And then, like, revealing that underneath that they're wearing, like, Gucci and Prada and all that. And I think it was, like, meant to be, like, this empowering moment, but it came off, like, super disingenuous and super, like, I hate to throw this word around, but, like, white savior type of thing. Like, oh, look at these, like, you know. Also, like, capitalism. Like, you're not saying, like, on that. I'm just, like, you know, where they're, like, oh, hey, look. That doesn't make sense. It comes off as trying to, like, make a political statement inside of a 
that does not need that has to have no business straight. to have like political statements in it. Well, so very, yeah. oh, this is the word I'm looking. At. It looks very consumerist to be like, oh, but see, they're good because they're wearing Gucci, and it's like. It's kind of like, oh, look, what? you know, um, these four, like, Western women are looking down on these women who are wearing hijabs and burqas. But it's okay because underneath what they're wearing, they're actually wearing, like, couture and everything. Um, so I don't know. I disliked all of that. I didn't like it at all, really. Um, and I felt like it was a really disappointing sequel to an amazing franchise. Yeah, because at that point, why do you need to have all the other stuff in there? Because I felt like it was, like, not like a Hollywood take on politics. At that point, it's just more like Valley Girl, you know, meets somewhere else that isn't America. And I, and I get, like, the... And the being, like, judging control. a little, you know? Yes. So I I like how they like yes all those other issues are bad especially you take a character that's not known for being a certain way and then having him like almost smug and it's like oh yeah but also he's still married and has kids with someone that he apparently super loves right but then like to me I think that's my biggest issue in it is like trying to make a political statement in a movie like that it does seem very disingenuous it's not very I don't know it seems like it felt like, um, it, very, uh, what's it like, oh, what's it called when, like, you want to look good just to have, like, a good face, but you don't mean it? I guess it would just be disingenuous. I guess that's just the word, yeah. yeah. And I'll say one last thing before we move on, because I know I've spent, like, a shit ton of time on this, but, like, I hated what they did with Carrie with the whole thing with Aiden and then I hated how they tried to allude to the fact that like Harry was cheating on Charlotte which it's like Harry would never do that and I also felt like they were just throwing they were throwing like way too much cheating in that movie and it's like they try like to give you an example in the first movie right they had Steve cheat on Miranda but it was, like, super shocking because you didn't see it coming and that, like, never happened, right? And it was just, like, this. it made for this really, like, emotional, like, moment in the movie that kind of led to the entire, not the entire plot of the movie, but it, it paid off, if that makes sense. Like, Steve cheating on Miranda and Miranda feeling, like, super upset over it is the reason why she tells Mr. Big, like, that marriage, you know, ruins relationships, and it's the reason why Mr. Big doesn't show up to the wedding with Carrie, and it's the reason why Carrie goes nine months without talking to Mr. Big. It, like, kind of, like, sets off the events, right? But these little things in um, Sex and City 2 just felt like they were thrown in there for the sake of, like, we have nothing else to talk about, we don't know what else to write, so let's just write this stuff. Yeah, I... I you know what? Uh, thank you for saving me time. Yeah, no, but you should definitely, like, next time we should watch the first um, Sex and City movie. Just saying. But let's move on. I know that I've talked, like, way too much about Sex and City, but as Brittany knows, as you should know now, you get me on this subject. I'll go forever. <laughs> like, that's why I had, like, not a visceral reaction. What, what, what word am I looking for? I'm actually looking for, uh, what is it? Um... Oh, I always have to keep myself from, like, eye-rolling right in the middle of it. Till oh, I, no! <laughs> in a joking way, in a joking way. Because, you know, I was like, oh, you know, 
like, oh, it's sex in the city. But uh, I'm definitely forcing you to watch the first movie next time we see each other. But I was going to say, I think my thing with, like, my thing against Sex in the City initially is, like, being a teenager just wanting, like, e-news to come on every time and be like, oh, this is coming on. Oh, yeah, I just remember when I was younger, because I obviously didn't watch it when it first came out, I was, like, super young, but my mom loved it, and, like, me have, like, you remember how my mom's, like, apartment was structured, if you're going to the bathroom to my room, you'd have to pass the living room, and, like, getting out of the bathroom, my mom's like, close your eyes, you know, because, like, some sex scene is happening, and I'm like, I need to get to my room, (laughs) <laughs> that's like my did you ever have the moment like watch like there'd be a sex scene on and you're like trying to order a movie with your parents my parents would be like put your head under the blanket and I was like jokes on you there is holes in this blanket and I- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but um let's move on Brittany what's your number eight um, I'm not even going to look at my list for this right now. I'm just going to go ahead and go with The Little Mermaid 2. Oh, my God. I forgot that they made a sequel to that. My, okay, this is my hang-up on it, right? And I'm going to explain it to you the way I explained it to Aaron last night when I was, like, trying to, like, get it. I said, th- this is the short version. Oh, <laughs> Little Mermaid. A mermaid that really wants to be a person and have legs. Oh, she has legs. Okay, she's happy now. And then they're like, oh, you're Little Mermaid too. Uh, she's a regular human girl with human legs. But you know what? She just really loves the sea and wants to be a mermaid. But her parents are against it. And it's like, oh, let me defy my parents and go do it. And it's just exactly the repeat of the first freaking movie, but in reverse. That's so weird because... It's so they didn't use Ariel, right? Because I'm trying to get to something here. They didn't use Ariel, right? They used Ariel like as being like the worried mother, almost like how like not quite overbearing like her father was, but still like not really. I I don't know. I think oh I know what it was. Ariel didn't want her to go by the sea, I think, because I think, like, uh, Ursula's sister or something was afraid that she would get revenge and try to get her. Don't hold me to this. It's been a long time. Uh, I think there was, like, a reason that she didn't want to really buy the ocean because I think she almost got, like, killed or, like, kidnapped as a child. So Ariel becomes just like her father. It's just basically the same story, but with Ariel, the overbearing parent, and the daughter as, like, the one wanting to go to the sea. It sounds like they're, they were trying to do, like, a more kids' version of, say, what the real, like, folklore cryptid. Because you know how, like, all these movies, right, that Disney did that are all happy, jolly, have, like, really fucked up stories that they yeah. originate from, such as, like, Snow White and the Seven Doors, On Back of Notre Dame, yada, yada, yada. And I think, like, the real, like, not the real, but, you know, the original story of The Little Mermaid is that once she got her legs, she missed being in the sea so much that she literally, like, sewed her legs together. Um and yeah, it's like maybe so like they were, her legs felt like she was stepping on glass because of like her legs weren't really meant for walking and so her legs were like super fragile. Right. So you know the story. So it's like it seems as if they were trying to do something more obviously 
kid-friendly, but, oh, God, I didn't even see that because, to me, I felt as if the Disney movies never really warranted sequels, except Brittany and I did agree on this. Um, the Lion King 2 was kind of awesome. So, like, The Lion that King and The Lion King awesome. 2. Yeah, that was, like, the only one that was okay. But pretty much anything else was just uh, a no-go. <laughs> Tia, I'm just looking. The reason if I sounded funny for a second, they actually made a third, wait, they made a third movie. That's so... Like, okay, so they, okay, so really quick. They had, they had uh, the first movie and the second movie, but they also had The Little Mermaid Ariel's beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that one was supposed to be okay, but they made a third one where it was like, oh, but, er, but now Melody's grown up, and she's, uh, like, I think, like, actually lives in the sea. I don't, I do not know what this is, um. Uh, and was it, but, so she just, like, went back, okay, it's just, like, her having, like, issues, like, all over again, like, you know how she rebels, like, Melody, the daughter, like, rebels again, like, oh, you know, I want to go to sea, I think this is, like, oh, you're supposed to take the crown, and she's, like, no, I don't want to, and then she runs away to the sea again. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, yeah it's just drama for the sake of drama. I will say... I don't know if it's on your list, but I do, I do take it back um, with sequels. Some So The Lion King 2 was good. Um, I didn't like the second Aladdin, but I think the third Aladdin was awesome. Like, the third Aladdin was so good. I don't what know if you've ever seen that. Again? Huh? What was the third one again? It was like The Return of Jafar, and but it was, like, no, I awesome. That was the second one. Or was it the thieves thing? I thought this was the return. I gotta look it up now. You keep talking about Little Mermaid too. Oh, I'm trying to think because now I'm a little confused. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I thought that was the sequel because because uh, that's that's like oh yeah. Mind. Sorry. So okay. Oh, my bad then. But it's okay. No, it's okay. Okay. So you're right. So the the second one was the return of Jafar. So what was the third one hang on let me look that up because i thought the third one was awesome oh aladdin oh, and, and the king of thieves it's the thieves or something like that it's about his father the king of thieves yeah it was awesome i just remember thinking the third one was like really good yeah that one i think they were probably like yeah we may have fucked up a little bit with that but we but can make this better we can save this <laughs> but uh, no, I- that that's my, just my hang up on like the Little Mermaid. Not to not to get too excited there, but yeah. No, I agree. Um, I didn't even watch the second Little Mermaid because I first of all, I didn't like the Little Mermaid that much. Well, okay, let me say this: not that I didn't like it, but on my ranking of say Disney movies when I was a kid, I didn't gravitate to that one as much as I did say. Lion King, Mulan, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Pocahontas, like to me those were my favorite Disney cartoon movies. So I didn't go to The Little Mermaid as much as say other people did. I I know, I've got to say, I think I was just really obsessed with Aladdin. I think for like The Little Mermaid, I think 
it stressed me out as a kid, like, her losing her voice and, yeah. like, oh, no, you got to get this prince to fall in love with you or, you know, you're going to, like, I don't know, die something. I don't know. I also just, I think, thought that it was super cheesy, you know. Oh, she wants, okay, so she wants to go explore the land world and she does all this, like, it's, like, such a young girl thing where it's, like, I'm going to sign my soul away for a boy. (laughs) And I'm, like, (laughs) and I think even then I was just, like, really, all for a guy? (laughs) Really? Is this a message we really, you know, it's, like, I try not to get on, like, my soapbox a lot with that kind of thing, but I do kind of feel that way where I'm, like, okay, that may not be the greatest, like, message for you know, the kid, because Ariel's 16 in that movie, by the way. Yeah, so it's um, it's not, say, particularly the best message, and it's like, you know, catering to kids who are super impressionable. I don't know, um, I, and it's not like I thought that deeply when I was a kid, right? So I think it just really went to, I just didn't like the story as much, I didn't like the songs as much, I... As I said, I liked other movies a lot better than it. So, yeah, you know. You no, know, I agree. I'm picking up what you're putting down. You pick up what I'm putting down? But, yeah, so awesome. I'm going to get the next one. I'm trying to – I was making sure what the name of it was. So I thought this was super disappointing. Again, I don't think it's, say, like, the worst. I Really, none of these movies, I feel like, or there's one movie, but none of these movies, except for, say, one, was I like, oh, that's freaking trash, right? But I felt, like, more so disappointing because I love the franchise so much. So it's Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom, the one that came out in 2018. I don't know oh, if you've seen this. Oh, oh I, didn't, I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. That this still was Chris Pratt, right? Yeah, so um, I love the Jurassic Park franchise, you know, I grew up on that, and it honestly, like, I had this love for dinosaurs, I loved learning about them, I loved reading books on them, I've done school projects on them, I just love the Jurassic, I love Jurassic Park 1, 2 is okay, I actually really love Jurassic Park 3, which, like, not everyone really likes, but I thought, I thought it was awesome. dinosaur egg like where they're like oh my god you took the egg yes yes (laughs) but i remember my parents going that sucked and i was like what are you talking about i i don't know i loved it because i was just like you bastard you mother effer this is why they're after you this entire time you cocksucker i just really like I just really liked it because they're stuck on, like, this island. They get this guy's help, you know, from the original movie. And they're like, you know, what do you mean you don't know this island? It's like, you wrote a whole book about it. And he was like, that was the other island, not this island. And I don't know why I like that. Like, maybe it's kind of bad writing, but I just thought it was funny as shit. It was like, you dumbasses. <laughs> I, I love that. I still love that actor. But also, he played the biggest dick in Peaky Blinders. Yes, it's the same guy, right? Yeah, uh-huh. It was the same guy. Which is... I which hear is your so, judgment in your voice. No, no, I'm saying, like, it was so trippy to see him as such a douchebag in Peaky Blinders, because it's like, you know, 
he was like the lead. He was like the heroic lead in the Jurassic Park movies, and that's what I knew him as. And I was like, oh man. Um, what did they no, say I you uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's the yeah, channel right now. Holy shit. Um, so, I mean, I like the third one. I also, like, just love the idea of when, like, people, this is so weird, but I love abandoned shit. So, like, I love looking at pictures of, like, abandoned buildings. I don't know why. It's so weird. walking dead. Uh, but I love, like, in the third one where they're, like, exploring, like, all the abandoned labs and everything with all, like, I just thought that was so cool. Anyway, so... Um, love Jurassic Park. So when they said that they were coming out with Jurassic World, the first one, right, with Chris Pratt and um, uh, Dallas Bryce Howard, I believe her name is. But um, what you gonna call it? Like I loved that first Jurassic World. I thought it was the perfect blend of nostalgia, but also a new era of the Jurassic, say, franchise, right? I mean, I thought yeah. Chris Pratt I thought Chris Pratt was an amazing lead. I loved the whole thing with the Velociraptors. Vincent D'Onofrio was a great villain. Um, I, I thought it was really great. Again, it going to the theaters and seeing Jurassic World felt as if you were in the Jurassic Park franchise. It felt so great seeing them, like, touch upon all these things from the first movie. But then again, making it its, its own. So... When they were coming out with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I was excited to see it, and it was very disappointing. Um, I just felt like it, it couldn't live up to what the first one was. I mean, first of all, you had Chris Pratt, and you know how, like, in the first Jurassic World, Chris Pratt and Dallas Bryce Howard's character um, – we're getting like a romantic relationship. Well, in Fallen Kingdom, they broke up, but now you know, conveniently now they, they got to work each other. Yeah, now they, but they conveniently have to work together again because there's like, I forget fully what happened, but there's say this like purge of the dinosaurs on the island. Oh yeah, because they left the island after the event of the first movie, but now they're trying to like get some of the dinosaurs to transport them off the island, but then the other I then the other dinosaurs get like smoke grenaded killed or yeah. something. And then they added like these three like young annoying characters, you know, that are like the fucking like the the human epitome of like when you see like cartoons that are running around in circles and bumping into each other, you know, yeah. like like that. And then the whole thing was that the whole like the bad like the villainous part, which I forget who really the actual villain was, but like the main say like bad thing was that they were taking all these dinosaurs to auction them because there's countries that want to use them in war. Like Where that's is a fucking dinosaur it's as a, like as a freaking like war weapon. I mean at that point I, that doesn't even make sense. There's a reason we don't like use like have a cavalry anymore. We don't hardly use horses for anything. Why would we use dinosaurs? Yeah, I felt like kill dinosaurs to you. <laughs> like I felt that was really stupid. And then, um, freaking what you it? They made a new dinosaur because you know every movie has to have like their new dinosaur. So they like genetically oh, yeah. made, like, bigger, better. What'd you say? 
That always has to be bigger and better than the last well, one, one. Like, this one necessarily wasn't bigger, but it was, like, completely, like, you know, fake. Um, and it was supposed to be, like, a deadly weapon or something. So you had that. You had that, like, dumb shit. And then on top of it, they ha- introduced this, like, little girl in the movie, which they never were super clear about it. But I got the, like, impression that they were trying to say that she was also genetically made and that she may have dinosaur DNA in her, which I didn't fucking understand that at all. It got super weird and, like, super sci-fi-ish, which I know it's, like, it's, you know, a, a franchise about dinosaurs, but, you but know. that's a little far. That's a little far. And then, you don't mind if I spoil, like, the ending, right? Because I thought no, the ending was really Yeah, you're good, you're good. So at the end, like, obviously they beat the bad guy. They save, like, you know, these dinosaurs from being auctioned. And then they have, like, all these, like, dinosaurs that are, like, locked up, but not just, like, say, the carnivores, like, the, you know, herbivores as well. And they're, like, Chris Pratt and Dallas By- Bryce. Ha- I keep, like, getting I, – I love her. She's, like, a fantastic actress, and she actually has directed, like, a shit ton of Mandalorian episodes. But it's, like, goddamn, three names. It's hard. <laughs> but – over the real incident. The what? It wasn't her character, the one that wouldn't take off her heels, like, for that one scene, and that's why we go, oh, oh and the, why and the, is she running in her heels, and it's like, because she refused to take them off for that scene. Yeah, it was like, girl, you're running from a T-Rex right now. Like, I would take them off. Please take off your heels. Please take off your fucking five-inch stilettos. Um, but... <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, like, cute little heel at the end they were like actually like uh high heels like something i would twist my ankle on like if i even walked five feet with them not yeah so and so at the very end um i guess like the government's coming in i I fully forget what happened but like the adults in this situation i'll say are trying to decide what to do like let's just leave you know like like we we can't save these dinosaurs we have to save ourselves blah blah and at the very end the fucking dumb child (laughs) fucking presses the button that lets loose of all the dinosaurs into the free world so now you have all these dinosaurs that are just roaming free in the world and shit and all those things that people wanted to make fucking war weapons out of he was like you know what i'm gonna release this onto an unsuspecting population well the kid was like you know, no one should, because this kid was the kid that was, like, genetically spliced and had been pretty much, like, kept in a room her whole life. So she's like, no, nothing should be in a cage, and, like, presses the button. I'm like, So, yeah. I'm done living, thanks, Tia. <laughs> so that's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's... It gets dumber the more, like, you say it out loud. Like, when you watch it, you're trying, especially me when I was in the theater, trying to convince yourself that it wasn't that bad. But then now when you're trying to explain the plot of it and you're like, wow, that's dumb. (laughs) You're like, wow, I'm lying to myself. That's kind of how, oh, like, if they would have had, like, a separate sci-fi movie about, like, you know, a genetically engineered from, like, you know, an ancient species and it, you know, going badly. I can dig, that's like splice, right? But when yeah, you have like, like 
Like, when you have a movie about, like, oh, dinosaurs, which, by the way, there's a VR game that's, like, a Jurassic World game, and I feel like I may need that in my life, but it seems very scary, and I am a wuss, Tia, uh, if you haven't known me very long. Uh, so, yeah. And, but I just feel like that's the whole point of Jurassic World and that series is more, it's like, yeah, it's scary, but at least it made sense. Yeah, it's like, all right, you have these dinosaurs, right, in modern day, which is pretty far-fetched, but they did it in a way that made a lot of sense because the movie really, to me, sometimes wasn't even about the dinosaurs. It was like how far human beings are going to go in order to try and try to, like, manipulate science. Like, remember in the first Jurassic Park, that's, like, the classic Jeff Goldblum line where he says, you know, humans uh, make dinosaurs, you know, humans try and be God and dinosaurs wipe out humans, you know, pretty much something like that. I'm butchering the line, but, like, that's that's a classic line. So it's, like, I feel like that more so was, was what it was about. And they tried their hardest to really talk about the science of it because if you remember the first jurassic park movie came out in 1994 so we had the knowledge we had then since then we found out that dinosaurs probably had more feathers and looked even more bird-like than we thought they did so so when the first jurassic world came out it's like oh but we're so used to like the classic look of their jurassic park dinosaurs what are they going to do well what do they say in the first jurassic world they explain that the reason why their dinosaurs look different than what real dinosaurs would look like is because they splice them with reptile dna good boom like yeah, plausible so explanation easier to birth them and stuff and like i think another thing is uh did you know that even today we don't actually know what the color of the dinosaurs were? We just make it up to whatever sounds the best because, you know, dinosaurs don't exist at all. They're like, they're like fossilized, right? So you're assuming they're like darkish, you know what I mean? Like, like T-Rex is more like, like a reptile skinned creature. Well, yeah, I actually remember, it's so funny, I remember reading a book like that when I was a kid, where it's like, we guesstimate what they, their color must have been like, based on the terrain that they were in, but for all we know, they could have been like, pink or blue. (laughs) Uh, What'd you say? I call the pink dinosaur when they take over. That that that's <laughs> gonna be what they say my mount. It's gonna be my mount to you. That's gonna be your mount. But yeah, so I was super disappointed with Jurassic World: The Fallen Kingdom just because this is a great franchise, and I was so excited for it to come back. I mean, Jesus Christ, Brittany, you want to talk about like games, right? I used to love going to Nathan's or Dave and Buster's and playing the Jurassic Park game. I don't know if you ever played that in an arcade, but they I literally had Yeah, where you'd like sit in it and like the curtains are drawn, you're all scared because you have to like shoot at the dinosaurs. The curtains that you know haven't been cleaned in forever and you wonder <laughs> sometimes about soul hands have touched it. And what people are actually doing in that behind the curtains and if they're actually playing a video game. Um oh, some kind of joystick in there, Tia. Oh, God. Uh, but that game was scary because there would always be these, like, velociraptors running towards you. You're like, there's too many. And then, like, you'd get the T-Rex and you'd be like, no. 
man, that's a good time. She just, like, took me on a trip back to the past, yeah. I'm, like, a nostalgic fucking queen, all right? I, I'm all about that 90s shit. Only, 90 ki- only 90s kids will remember. But let's move I, on. I feel like you had to remember if I was a 90s kid or not. You're, no, I know you are. I know you are. You're And you're still in the um older 90s kid yeah, bracket or not? 1994 is still a little iffy, but the thing is, is that I feel like, like having an older brother and all like the early 90s stuff, like early, you know, like 1990, you know, type stuff was still in the house and what I was raised with, because that's what Dakota had in the house. Well, it's funny. So one of the TikTok sounds that I watch, like, you'll have all these, like, millennials, right, or these people on TikTok who are just, like, going about their business, and you're listening to this, like, recording that's, like, you know, for all of the older people on TikTok, I mean the people born before 1993, and you'll see, like, all the people just, like, turn, like, what the fuck? I'm the older generation? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so, Brittany... What's your number six? Let me see. Uh, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go with this one. Uh, This one I didn't even think about. Do you remember The Land Before Time and the fucking million sequels? I love The Land Before Time. I talked about this last week when we talked about how sad, like, you know, the, you know, the girl Yes, 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 yes. Uh, oh, I was thinking, yep, yep, yep. But no, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, but my thing was, the original was so good. Like, you know, about like, oh, he needs to get to you know, the land before time. Not the land before time. But, you know, I can't remember what the safe haven place was called. But it was, do you not remember crying when Littlefoot's mother died? Like, And I thought, like, It had such a good message about, you know, he's raised by his grandparents, right? And I feel like for a bunch of kids, that's how their life is. They're raised by their grandparents, and I felt like it normalized it a lot, right? And it's like you did have the tragedy of him losing his mother, but, you know, dealing with the loss and how to move forward. And I felt like it was such a good message for kids, right? But I just felt like... After a while, it's just a cash grab. And I remember when I was little, I watched a shit ton of the sequels, right? Like, yeah, so if you, like, I, say one, I can't pick out, like, which one was which, because yeah, there's exactly. so many. I cannot remember. And so, um, like, I think, by the way, does Ducky get her brother, I think, in a sequel? I think that was maybe, like, the se- the second one. Maybe the second one wasn't very bad. But just after a while, they just started getting a little, little convoluted. You know what I mean? Like, there wasn't much rhyme or reason to what they were doing. It probably was one of those things where it was making a lot of money because parents were obviously buying them for their children, so they just kept cranking them out because it's like they knew that parents were going to continue buying them. Um, I honestly can't remember if there was a time where I was watching a Land Before Time sequel and disliking it, but I'm sure that um, well after I stopped watching them, there were probably so many others that came out. 
But that's my thing. I think for me, like, personally, I don't have a big thing against probably more of the more recent, like, the sequels that came, like, immediately following the actual movie. But, like, after a while, I just felt like it really lost track of, like, it almost, like, wore down, like, like, I remember, uh, remember Little Tooth? Yeah. The, like, <laughs> like Okay, I will say those movies were good, like, about him getting reunited with his sharp tooth family and wanting to be different. My only thing is, did you not feel, I, I think he ended up eating fish. I think that's how they got around that, but I'm like, you can't just starve this freaking carnivore. He's a carnivore. Uh, but, you know, just seeing him kind of adopted, those were cute. Uh, Ducky getting her brother, I can't remember his name. Oh, Spike. Yes. Spike. Yes, it, the, you know what, now now I'm feeling bad because I have fond memories of those movies, but I'm just saying, like, after a while, that feel-good message, like, oh, you know, losing your mother and, like, learning to move on and all that started to kind of lose its uh, feel-goodness, if that makes sense, but um, I will say besides that, like, so, okay, some of those sequels were good. Not not the whole series. Can we put, like, half of Land Before Time sequels? <laughs> All 50 of them. Well, so, it's funny. I t- pulled up the uh, franchise page. And so you had the original that came out in 1988. And it was followed by 13 direct-to-video musical sequels. And... It actually, okay, so this is so funny. It had one as recent as 2016 come out, and there was an animated series, and there were video games. So it's like, it spawned a lot. They couldn't all have been good. They're like, oh, man, how am I going to hold all of this money I'm making? (laughs) It's one of those things that if the people behind it heard us, they'd be like, oh, I'm taking my private jet that I made from the Land Before Time movies to go cry over it. (laughs) I'm going to dry my tears with money. (laughs) Oh, my God. That reminded me of, um, this is so off track, but the actress who played Precious in Precious. Did you ever see that yeah. movie? I never watched it. I would have cried too much. It was really heartbreaking. It was like nothing went right for this girl. Um, but, you know, they all gave like really great performances, like her, Monique, even Mariah Carey for her small part. But, um, you know, the actress who plays Precious, which I don't know her name, but at the time when Precious came out, obviously, like her status in Hollywood was kind of blowing up and she's a heavier person and people were getting on her for her weight. People were um, fans or something, or people were just making fun of her for her weight. And I think she had a quote that said like, Oh wow, I'm drying my tears with all my millions as I take my private jet to like fucking Hawaii, you know? (laughs) And I just thought that was so funny. (laughs) Kind of money I desire, what we call fuck you money. Fuck you, oh my god, I can't wait for the day I have fuck you money. (laughs) I know, I I just, I don't know, I don't know, I just, but um, I'm trying to think of who else was like that. By the way, that reminds me, concern trolling is like more of a newer term that I'm becoming like familiar with, and it makes sense, like people that pretend they care 
like, just to, like, feel like, you know, I'm a longtime fan, but, you know, you really should be doing this. And it's like, no, you're kind of a dick. You're, you kind of probably aren't as sincere as you're acting. You're, you're concern, concerned trolling. Um, yeah, I feel like there's probably examples of that when it comes to Lizzo or Adele. Um, I mean, I feel like anytime you have an artist who is a little bit on the heavier side, those type of trolls always come, right? Um, I understand what you mean, like the the cons- that's a good one. The concerned trolls, where they're like, "I just feel for you," you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> my, my thing is, it's like with that kind of money and everything. If they had a desire to be any different than they were, they would do something about it. Which and since see- they don't. That means that they're perfectly fine being themselves. But I will say, like, in the, the object of, like, Chris Farley having, like, I think what happened with Chris Farley is that a lot of the reasons for his drug addiction was feeling bad about himself physically, but he felt like if he lost the weight that people wouldn't think he was funny anymore. Like, he felt trapped at that point. And, I, and that could just be how somebody else looked into it. And then I read it and I'm taking it for facts. So, you know, take that with a grain. But for him, you know, he had a lot of like body issues, but felt like he couldn't lose the weight because that was so much of his comedy was being the big guy. Like, oh, big guy in a little suit. You know what I mean? Well, I think that was the thing. I mean, I don't know. Cause like Chris Farley was kind of before my time, even though like he passed away while I was still alive, I just think like oh, I his you. humor. But um, I think that's how Jonah Hill felt. I think oh, they even yeah. made. I think they even made like a joke, like when in a movie where they're like, "You're not funny anymore," or something like that. Yeah, and that that's gotta be hard. Like uh, when you do have kind of like like the dude that did the truffle shuffle and uh, oh, what was it? The Goonies. The Goonies. Yeah. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I do think it's hard, hard when you get typecast like that. So, like, in those situations, I I understand where maybe they wouldn't drop the weight. But I do think, like, for people that say are singers, like, like Adele got a lot of shit for her weight. And it's like, she seems perfectly happy with herself. But if they ever wanted to lose the weight, people would be just as supportive for them. Well, see, and, but it's so crazy because, like, Adele, right? Um, and this is like getting into like such a conversation, but Adele, um, like to me, I, I think she's beautiful, like no matter what, you know, and obviously, and obviously when she was at her heaviest, it was kind of like she was a like symbol for heavier girls, I think. Um, and then she lost the weight and I think she looks great as well. But you get these people who are, like, kind of angry if you're like, oh, my God, Adele looks so great. Congratulations. And they're like, they're like, oh, how dare you say it? Like, we need to get rid of this type of conversation. It's like, you know, losing weight is not easy. Like, it's not at all. So when you say, like, congratulations, you're not, like, really sitting there going, like, oh, now you look valid. Now you look pretty. Like, no, yeah. it's not at all. It's like, congratulations on your journey because, like, as someone myself who is heavier – um losing weight is a fucking bitch (laughs) so you know like congratulations that you were able to do it um and because she has the money i'm sure she had help as well but that's like apparently people got on lizzo for saying that she wants to be a little healthier and 
like she was on stream sipping like a smoothie and apparently she got like hate for it and i'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> it's like into like uh you know like stan culture and everything with that it's like people get it's kind of like we were watching an anime right and mm-hmm. And this dude was, like, obsessed with, like, the king. But he wasn't obsessed with the king himself. He's obsessed with the idea of the king, you know? And it's like you worship that idea and not truly the person themselves. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And I think, like, maybe some people find it, as you said, as if they're, say, betraying them. Uh, But I don't see – again, I speak from this as a heavier person. Right. Um, It's great when you see someone who looks flawless and, you know, is accepting of themselves and owning themselves and having confidence when they're bigger, because that does help you because there is a lot of fat shaming and there is a lot of people thinking that if you like a lot of people who correlate beauty with being skinny. So it's like it's great when you have someone like Adele or someone like Lizzo to like show that that is not true but when they lose weight we should also be happy for them because that again is not something that you just wake up one day and go i'm gonna lose some weight and then lose that weight in a day like that's a journey (laughs) no no i agree i think it's just that you should be happy for people being the way they want to be because if they're becoming that person because it's like it's the same way that if someone you know like okay like on I'm trying to remember, I think from, like, the other end of the spectrum, you know, being so, like, when I was, like, extremely underweight, like, as a as a kid and being, like, I think, like, 60, 70 pounds in, like, the ninth, 10th grade, you know, I was, mm-hmm. like, like, sorry, I was 60 pounds in the 6th grade, 70 pounds in 7th grade, and then I just kind of stuck around 70, 80 for the longest time, and I didn't hit 90 until I graduated, and I remember how badly I wanted to gain weight because I knew how sickly I looked and I felt bad about myself. But then you have people going, why would you want to gain weight? You know, people want to lose weight. So why would you want to gain weight and feeling like you're kind of stuck in that way? It's like from the opposite end, it's like you do get the pressures from people where it's like, oh, you're supposed to want to be skinny. And it's like, no, I just want to be healthy. Well, and I think the only time I ever gave you shit was just, like, kind of teasing you, and you'd be like, I'm so fat now at, like, 100 pounds, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You've never made me feel that way at all, but I'm just You know that I support, like, how you are, like, in getting healthier. I only – I for those who are listening, like, I am – significantly heavier than Brittany and so I only teased her when she got to like 100 pounds and she'd be like I'm fat and I'm like shut up (laughs) I know um, but like my my thing is like I don't want you to feel like you've ever bothered me with that I'm just saying mostly like when I was in school because being over 100 pounds now I, I feel good now but I'm just saying like when I wanted to make that change as like a kid and people being like, no, or like, like, or people being like, oh, I can't wait until you get fat when you're older. And I'm like, geez, like, can you just like, let me be like a person? Yeah, it, there's so much. Um, like, I don't understand. I'll, I'll say really quick before we move on. I have a friend, I'm not going to name her, her on the podcast, because, you know, I know that she's feeling very uncomfortable about this, but she was very skinny. And she looked great, don't get me wrong. But 
in the past like year she's gained like a little bit of weight but like she looks great now you know she looks like just so healthy but she's so down on herself for that weight gain and I'm like you look amazing and it's like I really think that everyone's just their worst critic because it's like in my eyes I'm like you look just so great but in her eyes she's like so down about herself so it's like I think the main thing that we need to be is we need to be more accepting of ourselves and we need to be more accepting of other people and their journeys. That's what I want. No, That's what I, I, I can get on that message. You can get I, on. <laughs> and maybe on another note, some people should mind their own business. Well, that too. I mean, again, like leave fucking Lizzo alone. Like, uh, first of all, smoothies are amazing. Like, I think that was the thing. Like, someone, like smoothies are great. I mean, shit, that doesn't mean like she's going to, you know, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, smoothies are amazing. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I want a smoothie. I keep talking yep. about how I want, like, to... Now, I keep saying how I want to, like, sign up for Daily Harvest, but my mind is like, Tia, don't spend the money on that, all right? You're going to pay, like, 50 bucks a month for fruit that you could just go <laughs> buy at the fucking supermarket. <laughs> and get you a blender do you got a blender i will get you a blender i have one but it doesn't work really well and i don't like using it because it doesn't work very well <laughs> oh my gosh i, I oh. should get a new blender so if you're giving one away you could send it my way i'll pay for the shipping but <laughs> it's like i feel like with this podcast it's like come for the uh, movie discussion stay for the uh for the uh the basically the ideology of two bitches. Yeah, I mean, come on, that's what makes us amazing. But let's move on. <laughs> they are here for the movies. <laughs> let's move on. But if Daily Harvest is listening, I really need a sponsorship because I'd like some fucking smoothies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's my turn. So what am I going to pick here? What am I going to pick here? Hang on, let me see how many I have to, like, plan this out. I like planning things out. Um, me, 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 me. Okay, I'm going to do a classic, a classically bad movie. No, thank <laughs> you. It's going to be Spider-Man 3. Oh, oh, ow, ow. <laughs> so, Oof. you know, before the MCU and the DCEU and all the U's, right, we... W- like, we didn't have a lot of superheroes. We had Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. And the reason why I think so many of us have Spider-Man is because of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I mean, that's the Spider-Man I grew up on. And I think that's what? the Spider-Man that a lot of us grew up on. Um, that was our fucking Spider-Man. Um, and, I, and I really like Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, even though I will say that I don't and this is going to get me, like, canceled by, like, the Spider-Man stands, but I kind of don't think that the original Spider-Man movies hold up that well. I recently rewatched them, like, a couple of months ago, and I was like, oof. And now that you're watching it older, it's almost, like, laughable that they're like, here's these teenagers in high school. They look 30, but I swear they're teenagers in high school. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's still loads up, though. What'd you say? The suit still holds up, though. 
Oh my god, I was just gonna say it though, but of everything, that suit is like the most beautiful suit ever. And I think we talked about that. We did prefer in Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man that the webs came from him as opposed to being manufactured. So it's like it just makes more sense. But what you call so I when I was growing up, like I liked the first Spider-Man, I liked the second Spider-Man, and again, like some of those characters are really great like the fact that you know uh doc ock you know from the second spider-man is coming back for the third it's great you know like and that's the thing there were great characters in the spider-man i just think that they were a little limited to the budget and the effects of its time i think that's mostly what it was um and also i think back then just hollywood didn't know how to do like superhero movies they were like, let's just make it the same campy movie that we make everything, but like with, you know, superhero suits. Um, but anyway, so I like the second one. I like the third. I like the first one. I like the second one. And then the third Tobey Maguire one came oh, to theaters. No. <laughs> oh my God. What a dumpster fire. First of all, like Tobey. Emo dancing. I um, thought, I thought, oh, I thought that was your thing to you. It was so awkward. You could tell that, like, Kristen Dunst didn't even want to do it anymore, and that's actually the reason why they didn't do a fourth one is because Kristen Dunst said that she no longer wanted to play Mary Jane, and it's like you could tell that she had checked out um, in the third one. James Franco was not good in it, and then Tony McGuire looked so, like, washed up. Like, it was a washed-up Peter Parker, and that was, like, such an awkward design and transition for him to just be like all emo as fuck um and i didn't like that and then you had where they were supposed to be introducing venom and it looked terrible um it looked terrible his whole design of venom like say what you will about the 2018 venom movie with tom hardy first of all i thought it was awesome i saw it when it came out in theaters and i watched it during the pandemic and i was like i still like this movie I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, And I like the fact that Venom in the recent ones is like this big, gigantic, fucking scary-ass monster because that's how he he should be. But essentially, essentially what they did in Spider-Man 3 was just make him have a Spider-Man suit and it was black. Like, really, that was it. That's really what it felt like. I just didn't like it at all. Like, the graphics were bad. The acting was bad. The storyline was bad. It was so cringy to even sit there and watch. Um, Yeah, I just really disliked it. And I believe in the third one is when James Franco's character takes up the mantle of Green Goblin and decides to fight against Peter Parker. And it just, it felt like a bunch, it honestly felt like a bunch of actors who were just playing cosplay. Like, to me, that's the amazing thing about the MCU is that all those characters feel so realistic in the roles that they're playing. But these guys just felt as if they literally were just wearing costumes the whole time, which I know, like, that's the reality of what it is. But it's like the point of acting is to make you as the audience not think that. And they did not accomplish it at all. You know who did hold up, though? Who? Jonah Jameson. He's perfect every time. that is that is the thing like jk simmons is perfect as j jonah jameson which is why i was so happy to see him at the end of far from home i was like oh my god this is awesome 
Um, when I yeah. saw that happen, I did not know what was going on. I was like, what the fuck? Like, and, but that makes sense that it's almost like that really opens up for a multiverse movie, by the way. Like, seeing that, because I didn't think much about it beforehand, but seeing him knowing he's from a different universe, that opens straight up to the multiverse. Well, I'm so excited. Like, I'm so here for this. Like, get weird, you know? The comics are. <laughs> Why are we going to, like, limit ourselves? You know what I'm saying? Like, get fucking weird. Um, WandaVision comes in literally uh, five days. And um, it's going to be weird as hell. And I'm so here for it. Like, I'm so excited for this weird-ass, like, world that the MCU is building with WandaVision, Doctor Strange 2, Spider-Man 3, like, come at it. <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. Um, but, yeah. So, with oh, so it's so funny. It's like, with the upcoming Spider-Man 3, um, sorry, it's like, we're going to have all these characters from previous universes come in. And I think it's going to be really awesome. Um, but the original Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire was not awesome. And I heard these, like, rumors not too long ago, because I didn't know this because, you know, the Internet wasn't as prevalent back then as it is now. But someone had told me that Sam Raimi, who was the director of the original trilogy, like, got into a fight pretty much with Sony because they wanted him to go in a different direction, and he didn't want to go in that direction. And so he pretty much made Spider-Man 3 as, like, a fuck you to Sony. But I'm like, that's a lot of money for, like, a fuck you movie. That's what I heard. Who knows how true that is. But um, it's can I tell you something that's so funny? Yes, tell um, me. You know, there are people out there who are such Spider-Man stands, And then there are people who are such Sam Raimi fans. Like, you think Zack Snyder has a cult. Like, Sam Raimi kind of has a cult as well. What's Sam Raimi done? Um, he's done a lot of, like, horror movies, actually. Um, right. So, But he did the original trilogy, like, all the Tobey Maguire movies, right? And so you'll have these people online who absolutely love what Sam Raimi did with Tobey Maguire, and they hate tom holland spider-man because they're like it's not sam raimi's vision and you know john watts who is the director of the tom holland ones right they'll be like oh john watts can't do what sam raimi does and then you'll have some people who are like oh this is why sam raimi's was better than the mcu fuck the mcu like sam raimi um is so above that type of childish shit you know like just the typical like bullshit you hear about people who don't like the mcu well It was announced, like, during the summer last year, I forget when, that Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange 2. So I'm like, Sam Raimi must have saw the dollar signs for MCU and was like, oh, shit, I want to be in this. And I was like, I just kind of thought that that was, like, so funny for, like, the stands who sat there and say, like, oh, Sam Raimi would never do anything like the MCU. And I'm like, he's going to direct the second Doctor Strange. Right. Oh, I feel like I'm excited. I'm excited for the whole thing. I'm excited for WandaVision. I have to, I don't know if I can say this on air, but give you my Disney Plus login. 
makes me think of like when people like have you ever seen like in movies like when a drug deal goes down and they like like take each other's hands like oh what's up man and they like switch the drugs <laughs> in between that was like you basically yelling hey yo, yo what's up dude i got drugs you want to you want to take it out of my hand yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly but i'm excited for us to watch wandavision like um it it comes out on the 15th and it's going to premiere with two episodes as opposed to one. So that's going to be exciting again. What we're finally going to have Marvel content again. I was excited for uh, what's his name? Is it BD Davis on Twitter? Yes. And he said, he was like, I just spoke to Wanda. And I was like, <gasps> you bastard. it's that so he's like getting around. He's busy. He's so busy, but good for him, man. Like, that's what I aspire to be. So, what'd you say? I said he's hustling. He's hustling, but I'm so pumped. Like, just, um, I'm excited for the whole story with WandaVision, you know, seeing, which, you know, someone pointed out that it's actually, like, really sad because obviously the commercials are, like, really fun and wonky and funny, you know, and blah, 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 but, like, the whole thing is, like, poor Wanda just having, like, a mental break and envisioning a world where her and, like, Vision are together. It's really sad. And I'm like, oh, poor Wanda. Like, that's all going to be taken from her. What would you say? That's a poor baby. That's sad. I know. I'm still excited to watch it, though. But, um, so, yeah, so Spider-Man 3 is my number five. Brittany, what's your number four? I'm going to go with the Transformer series. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, this is how we became friends, by the way, was through Transformers. And I remember, by the way, I have to have to let you know, I had never in my point, besides when we took the photo op photos, right, have never been so excited for anything so much in my life that I've almost passed out. <laughs> that's why I still feel bad for annoying the shit out of you when we're doing the photo op I was like I'm helping and you're like oh, you're not helping <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, you know when I very first was like in the movie theater I do not remember what we were watching and I sat there and I saw the Transformers thing and I was like oh my god like as soon as the thing showed like I think they were on the moon and it was, like, some kind of symbol or something. And it happened. I remember I was, like, really sick. And, by the way, my mom hated how much I loved Transformers at first. Because I think it's, like, I was going through an awkward phase anyways. And she's, like, oh, no, she's about to be alienated more. You know, like, protective mom shit, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. she already knew. And I remember, like, I was looking at her, like, oh, my God, I'm so excited about it. But if I talk about it, she's going to, like chew my butt and I remember like mom knew how excited about, about it I wish she let me go on about for like an hour she was like like I just think she knew how much I was about to explode and you know the first movie it was alright you know it, for me I, I would they could have shit on a plate and I would have been like gee thank you this is amazing you know <laughs> excited for Transformers. I was a kid. I, I think I was, like, probably in junior high when it came out. And I was just like, I'm going to throw up. Because, you know, you had Ratchet, you had Ironhide. You know, you have the greats in it, right? But uh, I after that point where the initial excitement, I was like, yeah, 
plot. I mean, could you take a kid that had, like, read deeply the, like, the multiple wars of, like, Cybertron and, like, the war between Autobots and Decepticons and, you know, like, you know, even down to, like, what is the, uh, what, what, not International Greeting, no, I can't think of it, the, uh, the Universal Greeting of Bob Weep, Ground of Weep, Nini Bong, like, you know how much I love Transformers. And just, like, watching them, like, pull shit out that didn't make sense, like Revenge of the Fallen, or, you know, all these things. You know, I did enjoy Lockdown coming in. I thought Lockdown's accent was cool, and seeing him as the bounty hunter, because that was definitely something not very touched upon in a lot of, like, the animated series. But it was just, I don't know, it was just, it was was as uh, much of a... uh, train wreck as the fucking explosions that Michael Bay throws in at random points and trying to throw in human love interests that we don't care about. Michael Bay just seems as if he didn't know at all what Transformers was about because it literally at some point became just explosions. But um, I saw the, like, I remember seeing the first Transformers and I don't think it blew me away necessarily, but but I thought it was cool. Right? Because it's like, oh, my God, you're seeing, like, the Transformers, you know, um, in live action, pretty much. And I thought that was cool. But I want to say that, um, oh, my God, where am I going with this? Oh, watching Transformers Prime is what really, like, got me into Transformers. I was like, you know, you can make them look cool as hell. You can give them such a great personality, such a great lore. It focuses primarily on the actual fucking Transformers. And then I read the comics where it's all, you know, the Transformers, no humans. And it's like, this was so great. And then to see that, it, like, I think what it wasn't, um, I don't think it was the second Transformers. I think it was the third Transformers movie I saw, right? And literally, I could not tell apart one Decepticon. Like, I didn't even know who Megatron was at one point. I was like, oh, that's who he is? Like, because they made them all look the same, like all these silver um, robots. And it's like, that's not how it is in a cartoon. That's not how it is in the movies. Like, each one has its own distinct look. And you didn't get any of that in the actual movie. I mean, even... Like, the Decepticons were the worst of all because you yeah, really couldn't tell them. Yeah, they all look the same. All look the same, but the Autobots, too. I mean, really, the only person that person, well, the only Transformer you could tell apart was Optimus Prime. Didn't they get, like, Rodimus, like, an Australian accent or something? I don't know. All the accents, by the way, were all over the place. But and I also um, felt that they're really, like, stereotypical sometimes. Like, didn't they have um, Autobots that, like clearly like i don't know they they had like some that i felt were like playing into like the stereotypical of like what that person was and i didn't like that either well um i was gonna say too like the reason me love transformers by the way is because i um I, wasn't it like I was writing, I think, fan fiction with someone else, and you really liked the story, and you messaged me, and then we just started writing together, and that's how me and Tia became friends. That is how uh, Brittany and I became friends. I, um, Paulie introduced me to Transformers Prime, and we loved watching and This was before Paulie and I lived together, right? So oh. I, would, I would go over to Paulie's apartment, and we would, like, 
to us, watching Transformers Prime was as if watching one big movie. I mean, we just sat down and just continued to watch it. It was such this amazing story. And so, of course, once we were done with it, I'm like, I want more. And I went online, searched on fan fiction, saw Brittany's uh, stories, which were really well done, and messaged her. And as they say, the rest is history. Which she is a way better writer, and she stuck with it way more than I have. I'm I'm lazy as shit, if you can't tell. <laughs> Stop. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I thought that the Transformers sequels were crap. Um, at some point, it just felt like such a cash grab. I didn't mean to interrupt. Polly's the reason we're friends. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If it weren't for if it weren't for Polly showing me Transformers Prime, you and I would have never been friends. No, oh, that's sad, but also happy. As <laughs> I, I didn't mean to cut in. I was just like having that realization after all these years, like, holy shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um but yeah, the sequels are bad. Um I Saw the one with John Cena, and I thought it was okay. I liked it, it better. better. Yeah, I liked it better than the Shia LaBeouf ones, because I hated that, like, the first two was Megan Fox, and then they, like, got rid of Megan Fox, and they brought, like, some other chicken, and I was like, I don't care. And, like, this was, like, peak Shia LaBeouf whiny acting days. So it just really, like, I think I hated Shia LaBeouf because of these movies. Um I didn't see Bumblebee, though, but I heard it was really good. It was so good. So, so, so good. So good. I, I, what, what movie, wait, what movie did you say that you saw that wasn't so bad? I thought the John Cena one wasn't bad. Like, not, it wasn't like the, like, it was in comparison to the second and third Transformers with Shia LaBeouf in it, I thought that the John Cena one was kind of refreshing. John Cena was in Bumblebee. Wait, then what am I thinking of? No, oh my god, do you know who I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about the fucking Mark Wahlberg one, which I didn't think was that bad. I didn't think, and again, in comparison to... In comparison to the second and third one with Shia LaBeouf, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I forgot that John Cena was in Bumblebee. John Cena <laughs> is getting into acting, and I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. By the way, you have to watch Bumblebee. It was so much better. Like, yeah, they still focused on humans, but at least you could tell, like... By the way, I thought this dude was Starscream, though, because he looked like Starscream from the Armada series. And I was so confused, but it was actually Blitzwing. And I was like, oh, my God, we're seeing Blitzwing again? <laughs> well, that's what I loved about the again I know I keep going to Transformers Prime but I loved everything about Transformers Prime I love the way RC looked Bumblebee Optimus I love the freaking storyline I love the voice acting like Transformers Prime was so awesome and like that finale that finale was beautiful it was beautiful Man, so, watch it again now. <laughs> Transformers Prime was dope as shit. I wonder if it's still on Netflix. I think it is. I don't know. I don't know if like the Beast one was still on there though. That was kind of terrible. <laughs> that, that was terrible. They should have just left it off. Like spoiler alert. I was like, oh yeah, Megatron like recognizing the errors of his ways. Yeah, I, it was just like. 
it was just good. Transformers Prime. Like, Transformers Prime was, like, awesome. I wish they would have continued that with the art style as well. Because I think they did do then, like, a sequel series, but the art style wasn't the same. And to me, like, the art style of Transformers Prime is really what sold it to me. I uh, know. I agree. I agree. I, I enjoyed it, too. But um, I agree with you saying that the Transformers sequels were just crap because, again, my I like I don't know why they keep giving Michael Bay movies. I don't think he's that good. Like everything's the same. I feel like he's got deep ties or something. He's pulling some strings. I just I don't know. Like don't give him. You know he ruined Transformers. Um. I never really was the biggest fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it looked like he did crap with them. Um, And I think I've heard that they were bad. So it's like, why are you giving Michael Bay these, like, beloved franchises? I think that's, like, also it sparked a conversation over bestiality with them because I think, like, they were, like, hooking up with humans or something. I don't know if they were hooking up, but, like, romantic interests. Oh, God. like some transformer romance because at least they're like humanoid but i'm like they're still turtles can we talk about that they're still still turtles tia that's really creepy i don't even want to envision that let's move on (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um i'm gonna get number three and again i think that this was just like a disappointing sequel um and it's one that i'm actually going to be talking about this week and it's wonder woman 1984 Oh, shit. Um, so, calls it? I really wanted to love Wonder Woman 1984. When the trailer came out, the trailer was just beautiful. Um, I was so, I, I don't think I've been excited for a DC movie like I was for Wonder Woman 84 with that trailer. I mean, it was just so gorgeous. It was so powerful. I was like, this has the making to really just be fucking phenomenal um i mean i liked the first wonder woman movie out of everything i mean you know me i like suicide squad i could recognize its faults but i like suicide squad but i think the first wonder woman movie was like the best dc movie out of the current you know dceu and it's amazing yeah i mean gail godot is great in it it's this just wonderful story of this powerful amazonian uh visiting as they call the land of man uh for the first time uh during like world war ii essentially and it's it's great it is a really good movie and i always thought that like gail godot's wonder woman was the best thing out of say batman versus superman the justice league like she always stood out so you know, I loved the direction that they seemingly were going with with 1984. I mean, you had it during the 80s, which is great, anything in the 80s, which, though, I have to say, after watching it, it's like, are the 80s becoming saturated? Like, with our, you know, we love seeing we love seeing movies and TV shows taking place in the 80s, and I feel like at this point it's becoming oversaturated. And I feel like Wonder Woman 84 is a great example for that because its whole, like, tacky sort of vibe that it gave like oh look the tacky 80s it just didn't work you have one you have wonder woman who you know it just oh god i mean all right so 
like a list of words for the bullshit that was this movie. So in the tra- so I'm not spoiling anything, but in the trailer we know that Steve Trevor comes back, and Steve Trevor, for you that may not know from the first movie, Steve Trevor is Diana Prince's lover, but he dies at the end of the first Wonder Woman. And in the trailer for Wonder Woman 84, we saw that Steve Trevor was back, and it's like, huh, how is he back? The way they explain how he's back in the second one is so loose and so far-fetched, but Diana, for being as smart as she is, I mean, she's an Amazonian, she's a warrior, and now she's been, you know, on Earth in the land of man for, you know, about 40-something years at this point. She... um in the movie now works as like some archaeologist scientist she's a smart person right but she she completely overlooks like the like red flags of steve trevor being back just as she's like oh my god my love is back and it's like so even though it's like human like like for him probably looking the way he does he should be an old man well it's just it's not it's not even that like you don't care that I spoil it. You're probably not even going to watch it. You didn't watch the first one. Uh, probably not. Only probably for, uh, oh, what's his name from Mandalorian? Pedro Pascal. He was really good. I'll say he was really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't feel like this is too much of a spoiler, but if people are listening, you don't want a spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, Steve Trevor comes back, but he doesn't come back in Steve Trevor's body. We're seeing Steve Trevor as the Steve Trevor that we know, and I think they just did that for the, like, movie's sake. But they explain that Steve Trevor is back in someone else's body. So the person that Diana's seeing is someone else entirely who's just saying that they're Steve Trevor, even though we as the audience are seeing him as Chris Pine. Doesn't make sense at all. So they're using his body... As a host, basically. He's using some other guy's body as a host. Okay. Yeah, so there's that. And then I, you know, like, Kristen Wiig was okay as the villain Cheetah, but I think the CGI looked fucking awful. And it's convenient that the rest of the movie is in broad daylight in bright-ass sun, but the moment that Diana has to fight against Cheetah, it's in, like, fucking pitch black because the CGI of Cheetah was so terrible. Uh, what'd you say? I'm just laughing because you're like, just the way you're explaining it, it's like funny. Well, again, like the whole movie is like bright as hell. But then that one moment that they have to fight with each other, it's in the dead of night. So it's, you know, just it wasn't hidden how obvious it was. But so you have that and um, the plot line was pretty loose, but. It was just disappointing. You had, like, moments where you're in, like, really intense battle, and, like, Diana takes moments where it's like she's having this, like, emotional little episode, and it's it didn't feel like it was timed correctly. Um, I will say that I really did like Pedro Pascal in it. Um, again, the plot for his character wasn't, say, the strongest um, and I think that's the problem with just DC movies in general now. It's just they don't feel like a strong script. But all remain that Pedro Pascal acted circles around everyone in that movie. I mean, he took whatever was in that script and fucking ran with it. Um, he, made- I mean, he gave a performance. But I've seen the criticism, and I agree that what his character like his character is supposed to be the villain of the story but it really wasn't like a villain it was um 
they I think in that case they fell into remember Ant Man the Wasp with with Ghost? And it's yeah, like it's like they're kinda unwitting, it's kinda manipulated, yada yada yeah. But they're not really the villain, you know, it's not really a villainous thing, you know, and at the end, they're not really a villain. Like, that's how it felt with Pedro Pascal. It was like all this noise for not really a villain. Um, So there is that. And I just, I don't know. I I didn't like the fight scenes. I didn't think the fight scenes were that great. Um, They all, and it's like, not to compare, not to compare to the MCU, right? Because, obviously, with the MCU, you have Thor and Captain America and you have Captain Marvel. You have things that, you know, you have super-powered beings that are obviously against, you know, like what we know in reality. But I feel like they at least try and keep some things, like, like with physics. And Wonder Woman and DC decides to say fuck physics and just throw it to like the wind. Like there's certain things that just look so unrealistic and you're like a human being wouldn't be able to do that. And it's like, I don't care that she's an Amazonian and she's powerful. Like you, it's still not realistic. And so that, those are the things, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't like it. (laughs) No, I agree. I, I completely understand why you wouldn't like it. I mean, I would still suggest seeing it. Um, cause I feel like, there's a lot of potential there. I think Gail Godot is a good Wonder Woman. I think Patty Jenkins is a good director. I just think whoever is writing their script needs to be fired um, and just needs they're like someone else. Any favors. They're not doing them any favors when it's you have things around. You have an idea. You have something that's like really good. Um, and I think for the third Wonder Woman, they just need a stronger script because I was very disappointed with Wonder Woman 1984. So, yeah. But it's on HBO Max right now, and I still suggest people check it out because maybe you'll disagree with me. Some people really loved it. Some people really hated it. I wouldn't say that I hated it. Um, I'm going to give it more constructive criticism than simply going, it was awful because, um, believe me, Nothing is more awful than Batman versus Superman in Justice League. All right, like chill, oh chill out. Hold your fucking horses. I wanted to fight AJ, by the way, because she was like, like being critical of uh, Superman versus Batman. You know about like, oh, Frank Castle and the Matt Murdock scene, right? But mm-hmm. my thing was, he's like, oh, it's only average to me. And I'm like, you call this at least average? Like, no, not 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 about, like, uh, Punisher and stuff. He was saying that Batman versus Superman was average to him. And I was like, you still consider this average? It like, was it was just it was bad, Dia. It was bad. And, you know, it's like, I I like bullshit right i i like things that people go god brit really like really that that's your standard i've been known to do that yeah me and suicide squad (laughs) go ahead no no i was just saying it uh, it was awful it was so bad it was so bad you have people that like think it was a masterpiece and i'm like if these movies were such masterpieces, why does Zack Snyder keep having to, like, promise that there's another cut out there? Or why does he have to release another cut? Because they had Batman vs. Superman. Apparently there's a director's cut of fucking Batman vs. Superman. And I'm like, get it right the first time, bro. <laughs> why will come back to refilm it if you had so much stuff? 
Oh, you know me. I will continue to say everyone's like, see, we told you the Snyder Cut existed. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Because before Zack Snyder said that it was done, he would even show clips like of uh, pictures of film reels and say that it was done. It was there. It's just ready for release. And as soon as Warner Brothers is like, okay, you can release it. He's like, yeah, but I'm going to need like 30 million more dollars and ask all of the actors to come back to film more scenes. And, you know, I'm going to need the FX people to come in and like do more work and shit like that. I'm like, so it's not done. You had some scenes filmed, which is how the filming process goes. I don't think people realize this. There's always going to be deleted scenes. That's just what it is. So you just have a bunch of deleted scenes, and now you have to film more scenes. Your film was not done. There is no Snyder Cut right now. Uh, it's just you filming another fucking movie. I know, and it's like I hate being critical because I do know that people really love those movies. I just, for me, I, I feel like we're not seeing the same movie. You know we're what I mean? We're not seeing the same movie. I watch it and I'm like, we are not watching this through the same pair of eyes. I don't mean to be critical. It's just that I think that, like, they're so unrealistic, like, with things, you know? Um, That's my one thing, is that it's just not being real. I I don't know. I don't fucking know. But, um, Brittany, let's get down to our bottom two. What's your number two here? Oh, sorry, I, I, I got caught off guard. I, I had a kitten step on my face. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Uh, it was Whiskey, the, the kitten that likes to sleep on top of my face when I'm sleeping and bite my cheeks. No. Yeah, so um, I have my number one, but is it going to bother you? I'm trying to make sure it's not your number one. Uh, starts with an M? No. Okay. I'm going to go with Mulan, too. Oh, yeah. I was going to put this, but then I realized I never saw it, and so it's like, should I even go into it? (laughs) No. It's like, okay, so, you know, we have the original Mulan, which is all about, like, oh, you know, her overcoming, you know, know, gender stereotypes, her father, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. It was decent. We still sing I'll Make a Man Out of You. And as Tian said, she always cries at the end of Mulan every single time. Um, like, it's just that good. But the second one was so lackluster. Like, do you ever see, like, Mulan was so beautifully animated, right? Like, just so fluid. Like, and, and this was in a time where, like, they weren't, you know, doing the CGI stuff or, like, the 3D shading. It was still hand-drawn, right? Yeah. At least I believe it was. But you could tell with Milan, too, they were, like, they were lazy. Tia, they were, it, they were lazy. Like, even when, like, the colors are, like, weirdly muted, like, mm-hmm. not exactly the way it should be, you know, the, everything's a little, it, it just, it looked like when people go, we have Milan uh, Mom, I want Milan. We have Milan at home. The Milan at home was Milan, too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a story about, like, oh, they're supposed to be getting married. By the way, I can't remember Milan's love interest name off the top of my head. Isn't it Shane? Something Shane. Like that? I, I'm going to look it up. I'm gonna look I it don't up. know why. I, Mulan's name and Mushu and the cricket and you know all that but I just can't remember his name off the top of my head but they're like supposed to be getting married and like they're realizing like 
that they're not very compatible in the sense of like he's like oh they're like they're like how many kids do you want and he's like oh as many as we can and she's like oh maybe one you know like they very have like different like life interests mm-hmm. and they're realizing yeah this brought us together but are we really compatible and they end up like like somewhere in the movie they're supposed to like deliver these three princesses uh to i, th- I think it, I think they're three princesses, but I don't know. It's just such a jumble. Like, I like that they made, like, where the three, the, the like, the trio from the last movie, I can't remember their name now, but uh, where they actually, like, marry for true love and all of that. And in the end, Milan nearly gets married off to basically, like, a kid. And, and I don't know. It's just it's weird. There's so much to it, and none of it's good. And like when people are like, maybe if I throw more uh, disgusting spices into this food, it'll eventually be good. And it's like, no, 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 you no, no, start no. over. So, um, the captain, it was Captain Lee Shang, um, and the three guys were Yao Ling and Chen Po. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but does that like ring any bells? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those three are the ones that were, like, supposed to be getting married, and they fall in love with these girls that they're supposed to deliver. You know, not deliver, like, in the sense of, like, they're captive, but in the sense they're supposed to protect them. And I don't know. It's just so much, Tia. And none of it's good. And none of it's good. You know how I feel about the first Mulan. We talk about it all the time. Uh, Mulan is, like, my Silence of the Lambs. I will talk about it whenever I can. (laughs) But talking about how, like, beautifully animated Mulan was, I mean, remember the scene when Mulan is at a crossroad trying to determine who she is, and she has the song, you know, you know, who is that girl I see? All right, I'm going to start crying. Um, but, you know, how, like, you know how, like, beautiful that, like, scene is where she's looking and she's wiping away the makeup from her face, and it was just, like, such this gorgeous scene. So it's like I can't imagine um, not having gorgeous animation. I mean, I think that uh, they really try to, like, you know, capti- captivate the beauty of, say, like, the Chinese text, the, the, the clothing, the environment. You know, they really try to capture that. So to think about the fact that they wouldn't do that in a second one is just so... Like, that's not honoring the story and the culture that you were trying to honor in the first one. No, I agree. It just, I don't know, it's such a a cash grab, like, taking a beautiful movie and being like, you know what? You know what we should do? And and I also didn't need to see, like, Mulan with, like, you know, with her man, right? It's like, we understand. We understood at the end of the first Mulan, it was alluded that, you know, they were going to, like, maybe start a romance. And it's like, I'm fine in my head thinking about that. But for you to show it, it's like, and, and again, maybe, like, it's a real, it's a little realistic where it's like maybe they don't necessarily know everything about each other because their entire, you know, knowledge of each other was when Mulan was pretending to be a guy. So it's like, I get that, but... I don't need to see it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like uh, I, I didn't need any of that. I no, I agree. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I don't know. 
The first Mulan was so good. I just don't think that it should have been touched. I didn't think it needed a sequel. It didn't. It certainly didn't need a live-action remake where they pretty much got rid of everything that made the movie great. <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 no. No, I agree. Uh, I still, I, I have a cat on my head now. <laughs> I, I legitimately have a cat on my face now. <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I sound funky. Uh, I just, I literally had a kitten trying to smother me. They love you. They just want to hang out with you. I, I, I guess so. They're like, baby, we know that Mulan 2 makes you so sad, and you're dealing with a lot right now, but I'm here for you. I'm but here I'm for you. Like, you're giving me slow blinks and everything. <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, Mulan 2, 1010, don't recommend. Um, I wouldn't do it. Just watch the first Mulan movie. It's amazing. The songs are great. The story's great. And let me know if you cry during the end like I do. <laughs> it's not like a weird thing for me to cry during that. No, I cry every I, time. Honestly, <laughs> crying. You loved her enough to let her go. It just cracks me up so much. Well, I always cry where I'm like, she saved China. She saved China. China will know your name. Oh, my God. Stop. I can't. I can't. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. I can't. Oh, my God. I love that. I love the whole entire movie. I even, like... That's the thing. It's like I love every song in that movie. Like even when like the matchmaker is like telling her how terrible she is. Like I love the whole entire fucking thing, you know. And I love all the characters in that movie. Amazing. The matchmaker was so freaking mean. So mean. So mean. I'm like Jesus. Okay, she so she find herself a man. So maybe she'd be less of a bitch. It's like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know how to like pour the tea correctly. Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> that's oh what the woman like made it seem like. Like, oh, you don't know how to pour tea correctly? Psh, you're gonna be single forever. You're, you're worthless. You brought dishonor to your family because you don't know how to pour tea. I'd be like, lady, I'm gonna need you to calm down for five fucking seconds, please. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna need, need you to dial it back. Grasp your tits and like contain them. Maybe the, as you said, maybe the matchmaker needed to get laid, and then she would have been better. <laughs> you know what? I hold to that. I hold to that. I can agree with that. That's a message I can get on board with. Oh my god! But yeah, so uh, I agree. Mulan two definitely deserves to be on this list. We have gone through almost all of our. Top 10 worst movie sequels. We are down to the number one. As we always do, let's name off what we got until we get there. So we have The Son of the Mask, Sex in the City 2, Little Mermaid 2, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, um, some of the Land Before Time sequels, Spider-Man three. Uh, pretty much all of the Transformers sequels, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, 
Mulan 2, and we have the number one, and so it's been a really long time since I've seen this, and it was fucking awful. This one, I will say, was trash. This is trash. Um, So I'm not going to remember a whole lot of it. Just know it was fucking trash, and it's Grown Ups 2. Um, Oh, man, I've seen Grown Ups, but I didn't know they made a second one. Don't ever subject yourself to it. Don't ever subject yourself to it. So. I saw Grown Ups. What'd you say? Uh, no, I, I, I was just in uh, great displeasure that they made another one. Okay, so I saw Grown Ups 1, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was funny oh. as shit. I thought everyone was hilarious. You had all these, like, great comedic entity entities. That sounds so fucked up. These great comedic, like, <laughs> people in, what the fuck? like, people in one movie. I mean, okay, I got to look up the actual cast. Lady, can you, like, back away for a fucking second? Mommy's doing things. Uh, right? You're having, like, animal issues today, Tia. She's like, let me try and climb you. And it's like, no, hang on. I want to look up. Grown-ups. No, don't you dare give me the second one. Fuck that movie. Grown Ups 1, asshole. <laughs> That's how angry I am with this movie. What'd you say? Because like, Repression Mary has been a while since I've seen Grown Ups. Is that the one where it's like, I, what's wasted? Well, it's when you really want ice cream. I want to get chocolate wasted. Um, It's like... It was just, uh, um, so in like Grown Ups, right, you have like Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Chris Rock, David Spade, Rob Schneider, fucking, you know, Salma Hayek, Maya Rudolph, fucking Steve Buscemi. You have like all these like hilarious fucking people in it, right? And so the first Grown Ups, to me at least, I, I laughed so hard. I thought it was so funny. Um, you know, it's all like these got like, you know, these guys that are just, big fucking children right um hilarious and then they did the second one i was so excited for the second one because the first one was great and i'm like i'm ready to laugh again i'm ready for a great comedy i don't know what that dumpster fire was but it was a fucking dumpster fire and again i virtually don't remember anything about it but i remember my mom and i watched it and we were like this was awful. It really was the definition of a cash grab where they were just capitalizing on the fact that Grown Ups 1 was so successful. And they said, let's make a second one because we'll capture that same exact lightning in the bottle. And they did not. It was like put gasoline on it, set it on fucking fire. I hated this movie so badly. It was like I will never get that time back that I wasted on actually watching it. Was it one of those movies that you wish that you could get a refund on if they were able to do it? Oh, yeah. 100%. I would have gotten a refund on that movie because it's, like, it was so bad. It was so bad. Like, to me, I find... No, it was fucking terrible. I There are three movies that I can think off the top of my head that wasted my time so badly that... I actually am mad at the time that it wasted, and it's Grown Ups 2, Batman versus Superman. And I don't know if you ever watched the movie AI, but um, it was this movie that came out, like, years and years and years ago, right? Those three movies, like, I'll never get those hours back, and that's frustrating. <laughs> like, that's how bad they were. Like, like at the end of your life, if you could like remove like 
all the bad movies you watched from your memory and turned for, like, extra hours of life on your, like, life expectancy. You're like, I'd do it. I would do it 100%. Oh, my God. Did you ever watch that movie that came out years ago called In Time? I don't think so, but I think I know what you're talking about. It was really quick, it's this movie. It didn't do very well, and it, say, wasn't the best movie, but I liked the concept a lot of it. Um, and Killian Murphy was in it, so, you know. But it's this whole movie where instead of um, using money as currency, you use time as currency. And it's yeah, this thing, yeah, like, about, yeah. Yeah, so it's like once you turn 25, suddenly, like, you have, like, a clock. And it's like you can re-up that clock or you use that clock to pretty much, like, like, if you go get a coffee, it's like, oh, okay, that's four minutes. And it's like... You know, so in the movie, it's like literally um, you taking a bus could, you know, get you down to like so much time that you could actually fucking die. Right. So it's like to me, these movies are like if we paid in time as currency, these movies would have killed me because it would have drank <laughs> the time I had. Workers would be fucking just, like, dead. Like, with the, like, amount of how much things cost there, like, it would be no joke. I like the concept of the movie. I'm sure that that's probably on a list or two of, like, bad movies. But I was like, the concept was good there. Maybe the execution wasn't the best, but the concept was pretty cool. Um, I feel like the concept had something to be desired. I thought so. There was, like, a scene where, like, you know, Justin Timberlake was in it, and he was waiting for his mom at the bus stop, but it's, like, she didn't have a whole lot of time left on her, and it's, like, either she walk home, but that would have taken a long time, or she takes the bus and everything, and it's, like, but that cost her time, so by the time she, like, got off the bus, it's, like, she barely had any time. She was, like, running towards Justin Timberlake, because you can transfer time to people, and it's, like, they're running towards each other so that, like, he could transfer time to her, but it's, like, she's running out of time time and literally just as she gets him her clock hits zero and she just oh my god i see i thought it was good i thought there was good concepts to there so anyway um i just don't even want to talk about grown-ups too because it was so bad bad. it sounds bad so yeah grown-ups 2 was awful i really have nothing else to say about other than i think it's probably one of the worst if not the worst sequel to a hilarious movie this is not like this was a sequel to an okay movie to me i thought grown-ups 1 was hilarious it like was at the heyday of all of these like funny comedians like adam sandler was still funny in this right Chris Rock was funny. Kevin James was hilarious. David Spade. Even Rob Snyder was funny. You know, it's like you had all these, like, hilarious, like, former SNL comedians, and it's like they still got it. And by the time Grown Ups 2 came, it was like either the script wasn't there or maybe they don't got it anymore. (laughs) Oh, that is sad. I hope they still got it. Well, that movie didn't show it. Well, I mean, we talked about Adam Sandler where he, like, does all his shit comedies now, and Kevin James seems to be in those shit comedies, and I feel like Chris Rock is mo- Chris Rock is doing the thing that, like, Jordan Peele is doing. He's moving on to, like, more serious stuff. Um, Chris Rock was in the latest season of Fargo, and I think Chris Rock, surprisingly, is, like, starring and directing in an upcoming Saw movie. 
So I really like I really like him. I'm glad to see him kind of coming back into the light again. Well, see, see, that's why I love that. Like, maybe, you know, because I think he's always going to be funny. But it's like, instead of trying to keep doing those and running them into the ground, it's like, if he wants to explore more serious stuff, I'm okay with it. Because Jordan Peele is a prime example of someone who you would have never expected. You're like, oh, the guy from Key and Peele, who's just funny, is making horror movies. But then he did it, like, really well. So... There's something with comedians that they can dig deep into that shit. We talked about it in our last podcast. There's something with comedians. They can dig deep into, like, a dark, you know, spell. So if, like, Chris Rock can do that, I'm so here for it. Um, So, yeah. Like, the depression aspect of things, it's like a lot of comedians deal with so much. Mm -hmm. You have to imagine they can pull on that for those roles. Yeah. So I'm excited that Chris Rock, too, is having this, like, you know, this reemergence of his career because I think he's really talented. I also think his stand-up is just funny as fuck. Like, there was a while that I was, like, driving to work just listening to his stand-up, so. Um, but, yeah, Grown Ups 2. Uh, Brittany, this is our list. Um, do you have any honorable mentions before we wrap everything up? Uh, not that I can think of. I ended up not doing Return of Jafar. I just felt like they didn't have Robin Williams in that movie, I don't believe. I feel like they had somebody else that uh, did the voice acting for him, like, because he wouldn't return for it. But then I think he returned for the third one, and I think that's why maybe the third one felt better. I don't maybe know. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um, the only thing I had left on my list was Thor The Dark World, because I thought that was terrible, but not that, like, the first Thor was that great either. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. I concur. But I concur. But, um, Brittany, I really enjoyed this top ten. I had a lot of fun. I think that we did a great job on our list. Um, yeah, this, uh, this was a great one, so I'm happy about it. Before we wrap everything up, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you, what you're doing, and all that good stuff. I going to say, you can find me always at, twi- on tw- at Twitch, on Twitch, at Itty Bitty Brit. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley. I played In Silence, which is a game where I always have my bike on, and if the monster hears me, I die, And which is played by another uh, player, like IRL. And so a lot of fun is trying to get me to talk and die in the game. So that's been fun, uh, working on getting my YouTube channel started up so I can eventually start making those moves there. But, uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me, or Twitter at IttyBittyBritZero. Please make sure you guys check that out. Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who dedicates a lot of time. If she was in the movie In Time, um, she would be you know doing a lot of time for you guys so you know just like let, let you know her her clock would be diminishing of all the time that she spent <laughs> no seriously please make sure you check her out i um hop on when i can um i love especially your cooking simulators i think they're hilarious so yeah, make sure you check that out um but as for me 
You can check me out, of course, at Geek Fives Nation, geekfivesnation.com. Um, you know, just make sure you check us out there. It has links to all of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Please, I wanted to say please make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Geek Fives Podcast. We are rising in listeners was surprisingly due to the analytics I read that um, like 90% of people who are watching are not subscribed. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, please, um, for more amazing content. (laughs) Please. uh, We have the top tens. We do, I do tea time with Tia. We have geek vibes live. We got plenty of interviews. I personally recently just interviewed Ashley Reyes, who plays Cordelia in the third season of American gods. I interviewed the amazing director, John Lee Brody. Please make sure you check that out on our YouTube page and you can check us out at, well, you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram, uh, TC underscore Stark. And I'm on TikTok now. So make sure you check that out as well. (laughs) But everyone, Thank you so much. Um, if you have your stars app, go watch American God season three. First episode's out now. But Brittany, it's been amazing, and I will see you next time. Bye, guys. See y'all next time. <laughs>